0: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
1: Your guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter
2: at Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
2: This is the
3: Matt Townsend Show.
4: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
0: BYU Radio.
3: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Happy Election Day. Today's the day you get to make it official. If you haven't already, today is the day you get to pick your your president, your uh, Congress people, you you name it, whoever's on the ballot, make it happen today. Get in there early. Get home, pop some popcorn, and then <laughs> watch all the talking heads try to make sense of it all. What a day! It's finally here, so you can all relax. We got a great show for you today. We will be uh, checking in with our good friend, um, uh, Mr. Brokaw, not not the not Tom Brokaw. He's busy. He's busy. But he but his brother, is it his brother a relative, a close relative? I think he's Two like generations. Like a, yeah. Twice or third three times removed. Yeah. I don't know how you remove somebody. They just how do you remove divorce, I guess?
0: You just refuse to speak to each other. Yeah. Okay. So you you've removed yourself from the
3: relationship. I've been trying to yeah, get some people removed and they they haven't been once removed or twice removed. So we will uh, we'll be talking with him he'll be all over the country giving us the latest and the greatest uh poll updates plus a fun um not fun, I guess just just other insights throughout the day about this interesting election and what it's come down to. In fact, one of our first guests today um, is a professor of law at the University of Utah and he's he's made an interesting case we always hear about Hillary Clinton's situation and all the legal issues that she would face um, because of the emails but what about Trump University Trump University lawsuit is coming up 28th of November he's in court so that's why he was that's why he mixed up the election day with the 28th
5: I think so he had these two dates in his mind yeah and he said everyone should vote on the 28th but it's
3: it's a big deal because the charges, I think, are racketeering. And once you're into racketeering charges, it's kind of ugly. And um, our guest will be talking but about... But
5: you can also ask him about, I mean, the the email question isn't going away. No. Is there any further legal action that can be taken? I mean, we have Congress looking into things, but what yeah. more can be done You could, you could have what, either, nine different inquiries into this? So.
3: But either candidate could be facing other legal issues that could set them back even to the point of possibly being impeached i think that's what's comforting about this
0: election because with so much uncertainty the stress of not knowing who's going to win at least we know there's probably going to be a lawsuit of some kind isn't that comforting um how um it's just nice to know know something you oh, know? yeah, yeah. You don't want to be in the <laughs> Completely dark. Completely in the dark, right? right. Okay, I see. You we, know, we know we
3: know at least uh-huh. something. It's kind of like when you know something's going to happen to your car today. Yeah, someone's going to key it or something. Yeah. yeah. You might lose the wheel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But at least you know. At least you know. <laughs> I mean, the Don't want to go into this blind. Yes. The surprise will kill you. Uh, so we'll we'll be getting into that in a few moments By as the well. way, the
5: first votes are in. Yes. Oh, in, yeah. In uh, New Hampshire, I believe it is. Yeah, that's... Uh, Dixville Notch. Yeah,
3: yeah. Like nine people, eight people in this tiny little there town. There are uh,
5: a dozen, less than a dozen registered voters. The tally, it's over because they voted at midnight. Yeah. In fact, there was a Hillary Clinton rally going on, and CNN put that up on the corner as you watch another video live feed of these people voting. It's apparently freezing there. So four voted for Clinton, two yeah. for Donald Trump, mm-hmm. one for Gary Johnson, there and there was a write-in vote for Mitt Romney. What? Yeah.
0: That's great. Mitt Romney got almost 10% of the votes there. In yeah, Dixville Notch.
5: So, it, it, what, it, except in 1968 and in 2008, Republican candidates have won in that town. Man. Not this year. Whoa. Wow.
3: That's, you know, that might be telling you something.
5: And Clinton, and oh, uh, what, she's never received a primary vote in that town. Really? Yeah. Boy.
3: So, that's a good sign for her. Yeah. She cast her ballot this morning. Yes, she did.
5: We have we'll have audio of that coming up. Yeah. Also, um, her live reaction, sort of. It's it, tape, but her. her her live reaction on tape. Oh, I
3: didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Here's yeah, there's a camera in her little voting booth. Uh, let's let's go down the list here. We've got a lot of ex- exciting stuff that happened last night. Uh, Hillary Clinton bought some airtime. Basically, looked like she was, you know. I don't know. Accepting a nominee. She was well lit. Yeah, she was very well
5: lit, especially glowing.
3: Uh, The 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 president of the United States, Barack Obama, set her up like to be the king or queen. Yeah, what have you? Uh, Here's here's some of the fun that went down last night. Bruce Springsteen makes a comment about uh, Donald Trump and his uh, success today.
5: The choice tomorrow couldn't be any clearer. Hillary's candidacy is based on intelligence. He just sort of experience, plays. Strums the guitar. And
4: an cool. This should be the way this has been the whole time. Is it, a,
0: is it a poem? Now, well, he briefly, continues his opponent, concert in a minute.
6: Tomorrow those ideas and that campaign is going down. Let's all do our part so we can look back on 2016 and say...
5: So we stood with
6: Hillary Clinton on the right side of history... That's why I'm standing here with you tonight for the dream of a better America.
3: Well, then they paid me a lot of money. <laughs> She's got the endorsement of the boss. Yeah, totally. And he's, he's sing-talking, strumming yeah. a little ad for her. That's when cool. was the last time sing-talking has lost an election for oh, somebody? I think it's very rare, except... Donald Trump thinks Hillary Clinton's use of entertainers isn't appropriate. Is
1: there any place better to be than a Trump rally? Are we having fun? And I don't have a guitar and I don't have a piano. All we have is great concepts for our country, which is the most important thing. Because, frankly, when people get on stage and they're entertainers and they entertain in order to get people to fill up a room for Hillary Clinton, if I ever said those words... That Jay-Z said or that Beyoncé said the other night? Beyoncé. You know what happened to me? The re of the electric chair.
5: Wow. Yeah, no, a little. Yeah, he used. He went from it's fun here at the rally to yeah. the electric chair.
3: He used, he. Jay-Z used rapper
5: street words. As I was telling my wife, Jay-Z speaks from experience. If Donald Trump used those words, he'd be a rich white guy saying those words. Right. So that's the difference. And if there's a problem with that, I, I understand, but that's why it works, I guess. And uh, when did Beyonce change your name? That's caused a social media uproar. People are like, he can't pronounce Beyonce? What's he What's he doing? Man. What's this Beyonce stuff?
0: He's not fit to be president. Uh,
5: it's Beyonce. <laughs> you should know these things.
3: <laughs> uh, today, this morning, Hillary Clinton went and cast her ballot. She had a little bit to say after that. For president. Is the most humbling feeling, Dan, because you know I know how much responsibility goes with this, and uh, so many people are counting on the outcome of this election, what it means for our country, and i 'll do the very best I can if i 'm fortunate enough to to win today <coughs> oh
5: ah did she go <coughs> no actually she was up late last night, she's up early this morning. Demonstrating some of that leadership stamina, yeah. Apparently, yeah. No coughing, hmm. allegedly. Um, Trump. By the private. way,
3: did you hear the announcement? Trump announced that Brady, uh, Tom Brady, and Bill is it Tom, uh, Belichick. Bill Belichick? Yeah, he read a, supporting him.
5: Apparently, he read a letter from Belichick. Really? And then he said Tom Brady also voted for him. And then Tom Brady went on a radio show, and I haven't voted yet. But, but, I totally but I plan on it, just, yeah. you know, haven't voted yet. Well,
3: so would you rather have Jay-Z and Beyonce or Tom Brady and Bill Bill, Bill Belichick voting for you? I mean, one of them has won, is probably the best quarterback of all time.
5: Sure. But and one, the best coach, probably. But he also has refused to talk about who he's voting for, for the entire mm-hmm. election process, and had his hat in the locker, but then took it away. Well, yeah. One person also allegedly deflated balls, and Ted Nugent was on the stage for Trump last night. So there's that.
3: That's so it's not like he doesn't have star power, of
5: some level.
3: Yeah. Fun. Fun election. I mean, what are we going to do when it's all over? I guess that's the that's the big thing. You know what? Let's do this. Let's get to Ron Brokaw. Um, so Ron is a distant cousin. Oh, yeah. First, let's do the headlines. Then we'll come back and we'll visit with Ron Brokaw, distant cousin to Tom Brokaw, who is uh, covering the election for us today. First, let's get to the headlines with Sadie Nelson. Sadie, what's
7: going on around the rest of the country? Today, Hillary Clinton holds a clear lead in a series of national polls over her opponent, Donald Trump. A new poll gave her a six-point edge among likely voters. A Fox News poll gave her a four-point lead over Trump and the tracking poll from ABC News. And the Washington Post also peg her with the lead at four points. The U.S. Supreme Court decided on Monday not to reimpose new restrictions on partisan poll watchers in Ohio, which Democrats had sought prior to Election Day. The justices kept a prior decision by a federal appeals court that had tossed restrictions imposed by a judge on Friday on people who keep an eye on voting activity. According to the ruling, they may not interrogate voters within 100 feet of a polling place or block them from entering or photograph them there. On Election Day, more than 500 Justice Department staffers will monitor voting in 28 states, down from the almost 800 assigned at the same job in 2012. This has been an especially difficult campaign season, with the Republican nominee Donald Trump saying the system is rigged and could cost him the election. The monitors will be looking for voting rights violations at the polls, including discrimination based on race, disability, and language. And finally, a little throwback news. Um, with a twist a rhode island designer introduced gag gifts of the past to the tech of today by wiring amazon's virtual personal assistant into big mouth billy bass brian kane an industrial design instructor at the rhode island school of design posted a video to facebook showing what he refers to as the future specifically a singing big mouth billy bass fish do you remember that yeah totally the one that sits on the wall Mm -hmm. uh rewired to the mouth along with a Mouth along with Alexa, Amazon's virtual personal assistant. And the video shows Kane asking about the weather. And Alexa Alexa answers the question while the fish's lips move along to the words. That is
3: a brilliant idea. Isn't it? Yeah.
7: I'm like, I could see a lot of people actually buying that for Christmas if that was for sale.
3: Because you don't want to just talk to some little, you know, barrel of that looks like a speaker.
7: Yeah, for real. I want to talk to a fish that turns its head and looks at me.
3: Exactly, Gives
7: me the respect I Mm -hmm. deserve.
3: And then if you could break into a song... Boy, that would be it. What else do you need? I would
7: love it. It'd cool. be great. Cool, Sadie.
3: That's, a that. by the way, a great Christmas gift. They need to get that out. He needs to mass produce that. Terry shakes his head, obviously hates talking Those, those trout.
5: talking trout are ridiculous.
3: <laughs> they are not. They're fantastic. Hey, one interesting thing last night. This is, Trump's been trying to start a revolution. This is Independence Day. But he... this is his attempt to try to motivate his fans um, on Independence Day.
2: The corrupt politicians and their special interests have ruled over this country for a very long time.
1: Today is our Independence Day. Mm. Mm. Today. The
8: American working class is going to strike back. I, I finally,
9: think,
5: I think he should have hit Independence Day with yeah. a little bit more Independence emotion. Independence Day. Yeah. Okay. So from
3: the movie Independence Day, mm. there was a president, President Whitmore. This is this is how he did it.
1: But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going. To we're going to survive.
6: Today we celebrate our Independence
0: Day. Whoa.
5: it gives <laughs> you chills.
0: It helps if you have music—that dramatic music playing behind yeah, you, though. I don't
5: know why he did Donald didn't have his. Yeah, that's. Whoo! Yeah, that was a president right there. Right there, live from Area 51 with aliens attacking. He's a great president,
3: and he flies, isn't he? A fighter pilot.
5: Yeah. Yeah. They didn't let him fly, though. Yeah. That would have been cool, though. They never do. They never let the president no. have fun. It's always Will Smith that gets <laughs> to be the hero. So, um,
3: <laughs> you know, we, we don't – everyone else has a reporter out there and just following the candidates, reporting on today. We wanted to do the same thing. So we we hired a guy named Ron Broca. Uh, like distant cousin to Tom Brokaw. but Just trying to get into the business. But you can hear it in their voice. They're very, I mean, they, they obviously have the same gene pool. But uh, Ron Brokaw now has some breaking news for us on the election coverage live from Beaver County, Utah. <laughs> Ron, are you there? I'm standing here in the Beaver County Elections Building
6: where Utah voters hoping to cast their votes early are experiencing major delays. Apparently, the citizens of Beaver County are refusing to use the voting machines, insisting on casting their votes on paper ballots. Unfortunately, there is a shortage of blue and black pens, which, as you know, are the only two color inks acceptable. Election workers are working on a solution, however. They believe that by combining green and red ink, they can produce an acceptable hue of black. As you know, no two colors mixed together can make blue. So there's a lot riding on the red and green ink idea. We'll keep you updated on this setback throughout the day. Reporting live from the Beaver County Elections Building, I'm Ron
3: Brokaw. Hmm. Wow. No, no two colors?
0: No two colors,
3: Combined, I guess. can make blue? I think so. Well, that's not what I remember.
0: No, it's, yeah. Green it's, and
3: yellow, right?
0: Blue is one of them, and I think red is one of them. I can't remember the other one. Um, that you mix, you can't mix two colors together to get that.
3: I, th- mm. I thought green and yellow made blue.
5: I mean, I don't want to. Isn't it brown?
0: Why don't they just go buy more pens? Well, it's a small
5: town,
3: mm. and the stores probably aren't open yet. Oh, that's a good point.
5: That's a that's a big update. Most stores don't open till like nine ten o'clock. So, by the way, that's he he called that breaking news.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Know. I mean, I think it's broken. Maybe. Well, a bit.
0: maybe maybe it could have
3: an impact. Mm, doubt it. Hmm.
5: Hmm. Well, good report anyway. Yeah, great reporting. Yeah. great reporting by Ron. He Brokaw. sounded
3: very earnest. Yeah, he totally did. And uh, you could, could. Did you hear? Did you pick up the Brokaw? A little bit. Little family. Thing yeah, it there. might be just a family twitch or something. Yeah. <laughs> Live from Beaver County, Utah. Now, um, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Christopher Peterson um, about the the legal issues. For Donald Trump ahead If he becomes president today I mean really it's just the beginning For either of the candidates Uh, The Congress legislators say They've got a lot of uh, investigating to do On Hillary Clinton As well as Donald Trump And uh, Trump University Stick with us This is the Matt Townsend Show We'll be right back Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, it is Election Day, and tomorrow Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump will be the president-elect, ready to to start their game of, of setting up their office and taking over the Oval Office. Well, litigation, accusations, and public relation fails have plagued Donald Trump's campaign from day one. Could Trump's past actions, especially his pursuit in giving quality higher education, actually come back to haunt him if he wins in the Oval Office? Do you remember Trump University? That was his, uh, I guess, attempt at giving quality higher education. Here to speak with us today is Professor Christopher L. Peterson. He's a University of Utah law professor and the author of Trump University and Presidential Impeachment. Christopher, welcome to the show today. Thank you for being with us.
1: Well, good morning. Thanks for having me.
3: You know, it's interesting because we hear and we've heard a lot for the past month or so about Hillary Clinton's emails and the FBI investigating. And it's got it has a lot of press. Uh, You know, a lot of people are saying, well, once she's back in office, I'm sure there will be more investigations. We don't hear as much about Donald Trump's upcoming pending um, trial, I guess it is, uh, on November 28th. Talk about what is going on with the Trump University uh situation. Sure.
1: Well, there are actually three different cases that are pending um, and her, or have come quite along the way in the life of a lawsuit, the, and all of them focus on his practices with Trump University. The The one that's going to trial in federal district court in San Diego in a few weeks focuses on some consumer protection claims where he allegedly ripped off his customers that they were promised that they were going to get some high-quality teaching and coaching services, and those things never actually materialized. And this is a class action lawsuit where the customers are trying to get their money back.
3: Mm. So it's class action, right? It's, it's Is it the court – I mean what would happen to Donald Trump if he's found guilty?
1: Sure. Well, he he is these all three of these cases are private or excuse me, they're all civil cases. Yeah. So, he hasn't been charged with a crime. But the thing that's a little bit tricky about this and a little bit hard for folks to understand is that sometimes there are, you know, a crime happens in the world. It doesn't happen in the courtroom. It's what you did. And you can, the law can respond to that in different ways. Sometimes you can be charged with having committed that crime, or there are also civil cases that can be brought against you if you uh, uh, hurt somebody. So, for example, if you if you just hypothetically kill someone, well, you could be charged with murder, but you could also be sued by the victim's family for uh, intentional wrongful death, hmm. um, uh, and that's that's sort of what's happening here. The the things that he's been accused of in. Several of the cases include claims that are uh, that are have elements that are the same as a fraud, uh, the crime of fraud. And he also has another case, another class action case that's uh, alleging racketeering, which is a serious federal crime.
3: Wow. But but again, that was that's a civil case as well.
1: That's right. So the three cases, two of them are class action lawsuits that are pending in in federal court. And then one of them is a case by the attorney general of New York. uh, uh, And that case is also a civil case, uh, but is also alleging fraud.
3: Hmm. Why did the why did the feds not prosecute him? Why did they not go after him?
1: Well, I mean, you know so in my past life, I was a federal uh, consumer protection regulator in washington d c and the thing one of the things I can tell you about life in, in in working for the federal government is there's always more to do than you can possibly get to, mm. uh, and I think sometimes people just fall through the cracks, not every drug dealer can get arrested, and not every consumer fraud can get prosecuted. Um, so my sense is that although it's a serious case, the size of the case is not as um, – you know, he just didn't get to that many people before the business fall, fell apart. So mm-hmm. it didn't get as much attention as perhaps it could have. Um, uh, but that being said, the underlying facts for the people that were involved, the families, uh, you read their stories, and, and they're pretty heartbreaking.
3: Oh, no, and I've heard some of them. I mean these are people that were hoping to get, get out. I guess it's a real, it was a real estate career they wanted to start.
1: That's right, so um you know one one story just jumps to mind a a a, a woman named Karen or Kathleen Meese, and she was the mother of a child who had Down syndrome. She was working her regular job and trying to take care of her 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 child needed her money so she could she could deal with this um you know her special challenges that she had in her family and she went to the Trump University seminar and here's her this is not my words these are here her words I'll, I'll just quote Donald Trump received twenty five thousand dollars of my money for twenty five thousand dollars I have received a lifetime membership to nothing no one contacted me I have not been able to contact anyone because the phone numbers have all been disconnected there is no Trump University. I was unable to get my refund and I'm still paying off my debts from Trump University tuition. They promised her that they would uh, coach her and teach her how to uh, do, make real estate deals, but as soon as they got her $25,000 uh, they disappeared. And, and mm. that, look, that's, that's illegal. You, you can't do that. It doesn't matter if you're Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or the Pope. It's not lawful <laughs> to promise somebody extensive services like that take their money and disappear.
3: So then, then the, as a class action, All of those that were hurt by Trump University, they're now suing. And I guess in hopes of getting their money back, will they get all of their money back if they win or do they just get a portion?
1: Well, that that's, that remains to be seen. I mean, that that's what what, what we're going to have to find out. The first case goes to trial in only two weeks, or I guess three weeks. November twenty third, I think, is the trial date, and they've got some uh, key pretrial motions uh, coming up in the next few days. Hmm. And but these cases, the class action cases in particular, these are not part of the election. They've been around for six years, uh, and. I think it's fair to say that that uh, Mr. Trump has been fighting a delay, uh, sort of a, a campaign where he is, um, uh, you know, has been trying to get these cases to to uh, go very as slow as possible. At every moment, they're they're trying to you know prevent the thing from going to trial. <laughs> but eventually, it winds its way through the system, and and that that trial is coming up. Um, the first one is
3: coming up in just a couple weeks. Like on the 28th, he made a mistake once saying that the election was on the 28th. And I'm, oh, yeah. I, I'm convinced he was—he had his court date and the election date mixed up.
1: Yeah, well, that's right. I think I just messed up the date too. But uh, you know, so wouldn't want to be too judgy about yeah. that. But <laughs> yeah. the, the, the key point is that listen, this thing's been going on a long time, and uh, he's going to have to—he's going to have to deal with a trial. And if he loses, then maybe it's not such a big deal. But on the other hand, if he wins, can you imagine to ha- have the president of the United States? Uh, being forced to take the stand to defend himself mm. against these tawdry accusations of swindling, uh, you know, widows and, and orphans—it's it's embarrassing.
3: No, it, it really is. And so, part of your story is that this—if he is—if if he is, I guess, found guilty of this and and um, the the civil cases, he loses some of these civil cases. You're saying this could set up um, an impeachment process for him, or grounds for impeachment as president.
1: Well that's right. And I I, I I speak and write about this reluctantly because sometimes impeachment gets thrown around a little bit too easily in yeah. our country. And I think the key thing for us is to make sure that we are all believing in and investing in our electoral process. But that being said as a, as a lawyer and as a law professor, I believe that one of the greatest strengths that America has is a rule of law, and that no one stands above the law, unlike kings and in, in, in bygone eras back in Europe. In the United States no one is above the law. And, and here, if you, if you read through these cases, and you figure out what it is that they're talking about, and you learn a little bit about what the law says, you start to realize pretty quickly that the, the activity that is alleged, if he did it, is a crime. And yeah. What kind of a crime is it? They're serious crimes. They're not, they are things that the Constitution would characterize as high crimes and misdemeanors. So in that New York case where he's accused of fraud, Fraud is punishable in New York by multiple years in prison. And even more serious are these accusations of federal racketeering. So the racketeering statutes were initially passed by Congress to um, uh, crack down on the mafia, the the organized crime syndicates. But one of the things that the organized crime syndicates do or have done in the past is have these um, widespread fraudulent schemes to, to, to make money. And so... To show racketeering, what you have to prove is that there's a pattern of, uh, 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 of an organization that's engaged in uh, a series of predicate crimes, and two of the predicate crimes are mail fraud and wire fraud. And it's pretty clear that he was going across state lines and was using the Internet and also uh, the phones and and also the mail system to perpetrate an ongoing scheme of of fraud, or at least that's what the accusation is. Mm. And that's what he's being sued for. You can either prosecute somebody in a crime as a crime if if the Justice Department does it, or to try and make sure that people had some way to protect themselves against mobsters and corrupt organizations congress gave citizens the right to sue if they're victims of a racketeering enterprise and that case it's hard to win those cases. There are a lot of elements that are complicated. But the fact is, he's, uh, Mr. Trump is losing this case. That's my judgment as a lawyer spending you know my career working on these kind of things. And all the pre-trial motions that are the key motions, he's so far been losing them.
3: Has he really? So, And again, it's, it's interesting because we haven't heard I – mean, we kind of hear it thrown out every now and then about Trump University. But there's a lot of information uh, going on about these cases, and we're not hearing much about that.
1: You know, it's it's interesting to me too. I, I I think that there's so much to talk about in this election. So many controversies and scandals, some of which are on both sides. But one thing I can say though is that anything that you read on the internet, look, that, that people, all sorts of crazy stuff goes around. A lot of conspiracy theories. But it's different if it's been vetted and gone through a court system. Mm. You know, in order to get to a trial in federal court in front of a competent federal judge, there is a lot of vetting that has to happen. Those judges, a federal judge does not want to waste his or her time with a week-long, two-week-long trial. And if it's a, if it's a, 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 you know, a, a frivolous claim or a waste of time, listen, it's not ever going to get to a federal trial, because that federal judge is not going to waste his or her time. Mm. That's not the case here. These claims have been vetted by competent judges and attorneys for years. This is not a conspiracy theory. There is evidence.
3: This is, it's a it's a different game because um, crooked Hillary. How many times have we heard that term from Donald Trump toward Hillary Clinton, and even uh, you know the Clinton Global Initiative stuff and all of the supposed pay for play behind that. But you're you're saying they're not they're not equal because one of them is is deeply entrenched now in federal court and um, has been vetted to the to the hilt, I guess, while some of these others are just uh, allegations right now have not been charged even or have not been vetted to that degree.
1: Well, I think that's the general notion i'm I'm getting at i mean I want to be careful about about saying too much about uh Secretary Clinton because listen, I'm an expert on consumer protection law consumer fraud that's what I know about and and i'm not I'm not an expert on international security procedures and and I don't know too much about her her um uh you know her 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 charitable initiatives mm-hmm. um wh- what i what I can say is that uh, the cases against Donald Trump are serious cases, and we 're going to see you know in the next couple of weeks whether the first case successfully uh, uh, you know or, or whether or not Donald Trump loses that case in a trial. but uh, I do think that there is has been more vetting and more legal analysis on these Trump university cases than on hmm. most yeah. of the 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 Clinton uh, scandals, and and that being said, I do want to be respectful to all the different divergent political views here. My 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 perspective to this that I can add uh, is is not as a pundit or a political leader or a partisan, but as a consumer rights attorney. That's what I know about, and and based on that, I can say firmly that um, you know the the allegations in the Trump University case are serious.
3: Does I mean they say many times they've said that Donald just tends to. Get in a lot of lawsuits and then settle. Do you, I guess instead of being found guilty, could he just settle?
1: That's possible. Uh, so he he'd ha- he's going to have to settle pretty quickly if he's going to get this this first trial done. Uh, but also, I should say that. Guilty is a term of art. Guilty is the thing that happens after you've been prosecuted of a crime. And again, these are civil cases that happen to have claims that are the same type of claims as crimes, but Mm. are civil claims. So the way you would say it is that he would be found liable for fraud and liable for racketeering as opposed to guilty. Um, but, But that being said, sure, he could settle them if he starts throwing money at it. So far, he's been too stubborn to do that. Uh, uh, And I think part of the reason that he doesn't want to settle is because there are serious political ramifications. It would be seen by the public as admitting that he was swindling, um, you know, senior citizens and uh, uh, folks that were hoping to have a better life. Uh, That's going to be politically damaging to to him. Um, My my guess is that that's part of the reason he hasn't done so. Perhaps we could see some of that happening after the election.
3: Mm -hmm. Is... I mean you see this – I I wonder if there's a point when you're doing billions of dollars of of deals that you're going to make mistakes anyway. Is this – is there any way this was just a mistake versus an overt attempt to swindle?
1: Well, I, I, it's certainly the case that any big, large uh, organization is going to have um, legal problems from time to time. That's inevitable. But it, my, my sense is that it's hard to say that this is just a mistake because, he, you know, he he was. Direct, the evidence suggests that he was directly involved in the marketing of of the Trump University schools. He, he was approving and designing the advertising rep- representations, all of which extolled uh, and, and praised his involvement and, and his special expertise, the secrets that he was going to teach people. But then, in terms of the actual teaching, well, he didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. He, he disappeared yeah. and, and left that to... to um, what is really, I think, more accurately, fairly described as a, a you know, bands of traveling salesmen, many of whom didn't really have serious real estate experience, and in any event didn't deliver on the promises that both they had made and that Mr. Trump himself had mm. made. So, it, it, did he? Misrepresent his involvement accidentally well that's a that 's a pretty serious accident. you know there are yeah. a lot of successful businessmen and and women out there that have billion dollar empires but don't get involved in in these kind of um, scandalous lawsuits where they themselves personally are being um, uh, charged with uh, or, or, or accused of illegal activity that 's an important distinction with like some of the um, you know, the big bank cases and uh, other other ongoing commercial disputes in our society, here, Mr. Trump himself is being held, uh, you know, is arguably going to be held liable for these activities, not just Trump University as a limited liability company, but him in his individual capacity. And that's possible to do because he was so directly involved in the misrepresentations that are at issue in the
3: case. Yeah, yeah, him personally. Um, What would you just say as we wrap it up of is the best way, Chris, to as a consumer, to not feel, fall prey to some of these types of things. I mean, $25,000 is a lot of money to invest, um, I guess, in anything. What, um, what, what do we do to make sure it's, it's above board?
1: Sure. Well, I think the first thing you, that everyone needs to do is, is shop with your head and not your heart. You can't shop for something a big investment like that based on what your hopes are, or or, as opposed to what you know a reasonable, level-headed analysis of it would be. I also think that it's important to do your homework about companies like this. You need to make sure that you check websites like RipoffReport.com, also the Better Business Bureau uh it, 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 you know many of the people who ended up taking out the you know, buying these Trump University services did so after his better business bureau rating fell apart eventually he had a D rating from the Better Business Bureau suggesting mm. you know because there were so many complaints of people who felt swindled and and but still because people believed in Trump University and his brand they continued to go back and uh, and buy more services from him because I think that they hadn't done their homework and wanted it to be true.
3: Yeah, yeah, you can't just beg it to be real. It's it's got to be real. Well, we appreciate you Christopher Peterson. Thank you so much for your great insight um, in helping us understand that. Again, ripoffreport.com is the website you can go to investigate anybody that's trying to sell you something, and then you can, you can see if they've made the ripoff list. Uh, Christopher Peterson, again, is the John Flynn Endowed Professor of Law at the University of Utah's S.J. Quinney College of Law, where he teaches contracts, commercial law, and consumer protection courses. We'll take a break, my friends. Come back to a little Coach's Corner. This is the Mad Townsend Show. Stick with us. We'll be back.
6: You boy, you too stupid to do what your coach tells you. Because life doesn't come with a handbook,
3: you need a coach. Here's Dr. Matt and his coaching corner.
10: Play ball.
3: Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend show. I'm telling you, today's the day, eh? It's election day. You finally get to go cast your vote if you haven't done it already. The the deal is you, you also you gotta decide a lot. You got to decide not just who you're voting for, but so many people th- this election has has caused major problems at home with uh loved ones, extended family, you know, the brother-in-law that just uh if he if he wears that dumb Trump hat one more time, I'm going to pop him. So, how do we get through this? It's uh it's not an easy it's not an easy undertaking because it's it's one thing to to just you personally have to get through it, but we as a country, in fact, even Hillary Clinton said, man, if, if I win, I'm going to have a, to get to work immediately to bring this country back together. And is it possible? Is it possible for a politician to bring us together? A wonderful article in The New York Times by David Brooks um, about, about one way you might be able to bring the country back together. And uh, it's, the title of the article is, is called um, Read Buber, Not the Poles. So Buber is uh, – uh, he's referring to um, Martin Buber, and Martin Buber was a um, – how do you want to put it? He was a philosopher, a Jewish philosopher, and a brilliant, brilliant man. It's one of the hardest books I've ever read. It was, it's called I, Thou – Um, by Martin Buber, but one of the points that he talks about is the fact that we tend to, as humans, focus not so much um, on—we see others as an I-it, meaning I, me, I am me, myself and I, and you are an it. You are a thing to me. So we put an interesting label on others, and Martin Buber, a 20th century uh, theologian, dedicated his career to understanding deeper intimacy. And he, he, instead of saying, instead of trying to be in a relationship with somebody where you are an I-it relationship, they are a thing to you, he suggests we become a relationship where you are in an I-thou relationship, Uh, a thou relationship, one that we, you know, the, the language we use when we're addressing deity or goodness or something really respectful. And Buber, over and over throughout, uh, you know, this book, spends time trying to basically teach how we start to see other people with more respect and with more, um, I guess, kind of more of a spiritual nature. I, it? No. You're a Republican. You're a Democrat. You fit some label. You're some minority. You're some... Uh, you know, it's about your color, it's about your gender, it's about all of these things about us, but it has nothing to do with our goodness per se. It has nothing to do with our our deeper inner self, our essence. And so what uh, David Brooks is arguing that we probably need a dose of thou to come back into our lives and to to turn us, to make us – and make it something better, something bigger. The dilemma that I think I face, you face is – that's not what we're learning about. We just keep learning about the next thing that we can be mad about with Hillary or the next thing Donald Trump said and um, the objectification of people. It's normal in our, in our human nature to, to, to go that way. The problem with it is it's not uplifting. It's not um, healing. It's not helping. And then I think in the end what happens is the more people around me that I treat like things... The less human I become, the less of a healthy human being I am. Um, one of the great quotes from the book, um, from Martin Buber, says, Through the thou, a person becomes I. Through how I treat you as a thou, it's how I become who I am. And we got to be careful because tomorrow half of this country will be upset And whether you're on the winning side or the losing side, do you care? You know, do you just tell people that "Eh, too bad? Do you actually try to lift one another? Because if we don't, guess what? Predict where we'll be. There's a reason this election turned out to be as uh, ugly as it has. And some of that is because people are flat out just starving to be respected. They're flat out exhausted of not feeling safe because they can't make a living. They feel unappreciated. They feel discouraged. They feel invalidated. I call it my starve stuff and they're starving. And so do something about it. Quit thinking that the vote's the key here. It's not. It's not. The key is treating one another as something more than just the labels we've thrown on each other. And if we don't do that, then count your days, right? I mean, count the days you won't have peace. This is just going to get started, really. How many different ways are we going to investigate the next president? How many different ways will we be able to impeach them because of legal things or illegal things they've done? Now, whatever, as far as that needing to be done, but more importantly, do you feel like you're being heard? Do you feel like you're safe, trusted, respected, appreciated, validated? Do you feel like people are truly, really dedicated to you? Because if you don't, guess what? It's not going to get pretty. It's just, it's, you're going to have more and more problems every single time um, we turn. I-thou versus I-it. Think of the relationships in your family. Do you treat your children like an it, a thing, a possession that you own? Or do you treat them like they're something special? Like literally given to you from God? Do you treat your spouse like they're distinct, that they're special, or are they there to just make you breakfast? It's your world and uh, how you approach it, how you choose to relate to it, either as an it, a thing, or as a kind of an eternal being, and one another, to set you up for many 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 different feelings in life we'll take a break come back that's uh the coach's corner stick with us when we come back we'll be talking accordions some poor man stole lots of accordions hundreds of thousands of dollars of accordions wait so oh you
0: mean literally poor
3: he's the poor man he's the poor man okay yeah we'll be right back stick with us Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, if if you're going to rob a music store, there's many instruments you could take. But uh, our latest theft, police in UK, this this guy had a very targeted audience he was after. Police in the UK have released video of a man wanted in connection with a break-in and a theft of 39 accordions with a value of $158,000 that were stolen from a family-run music shop in August. The owner said the thieves knew that what they were doing as they left all the cheaper accordions here. He said, in this country, accordions aren't recognized as a musical instrument in schools, but in mainland Europe, they are, and the demand for these items will certainly be higher in these countries. So now he's got to go fence $158,000 in accordions. Can you imagine some guy on the street just opening
0: up a trench coat and this accordion just Aww. like... <laughs> it just plays as...
3: It's I got what you in. need. I got the, <laughs> only the good stuff. Is this what you're looking for? <laughs> I really wanted the Pearl... Uh, the Pearl embossed uh, accordion G5899-er. How are we going to... Uh, you know who stole this. There's only a few people that are that into accordion.
0: Yeah. Play. Have you ever heard of Myron Florin? No. Or Flaco Jimenez? Flaco. Flaco, Flaco
3: Jimenez. Yeah. I've Is heard that of Flaco. how you say it? Flaco? Yeah. yeah. Flaco means skinny man. Skinny man Jimenez. Really? What about Weird Al? Weird Al means strange man named Al. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> it's probably weird. Al. He's the one that took it. <laughs> hmm. How do you get away with it? I mean, that's a lot of noise, a lot of squeeze boxes. I know. Can you imagine running away with an accordion? How does it not make noise? It ain't ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. They knew what they were doing, folks. So keep your eyes out there for uh, somebody trying to fence accordions. Never trust a man selling an accordion out of the back of his car. That's the rule. My mom always told me that. Did she? Yeah. (laughs) My, My mom plays the accordion. And so did I. Not to brag. You know,
0: luckily I never ran into a a man in the back of a van with an accordion, but that's not a lesson that I wanted to learn the hard way.
3: No, no, that's a great point. Hour number one, it's in the can, my friends. It's in the accordion box. We'll lock it up, make it safe. We'll be right back. Hour number two up next.
0: This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your
1: guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at
2: Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1 855 Chat BYU.
2: This is the Matt
3: Townsend Show.
4: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
0: BYU Radio.
3: Welcome back, friends. Hour number two of the program, and it's election day. Today is the day. This is it. That's the headline on CNN. You got to get out, cast your vote. You know, it's a big deal. This is the day we've all been waiting for. (laughs) And it's over. After this, you can just get back to your life. Yes. No more political campaigns. No more political commercials. No more interruption of your NFL schedule. It's all good now. It's all good.
5: Excellent. That's right.
3: Got a great show for you today. We will be talking, um, uh, actually replaying an interview we did with Dr. Jeremy Sherman about how not to be fooled by jerks, how not to fall prey to the jerk, and how not to become one. You know, if you're bordering on jerkdom, this is the show for you. We'll, we will, uh, <laughs> we will we'll help you make sure you avoid that one. If that's a problem today, by the way, um, as it's election day, it's it is also the day that uh, you if you don't want to watch TV, you don't have to watch TV. If you don't want to do anything political today, you can turn everything off. You don't even have to listen to this show. Hmm. You might become a jerk. We'd recommend you do. I would listen to it so you don't become a jerk. But you you have the freedom too. once you voted to just walk away. I'm. I'm confused. Yeah. Why?
0: We can we can just turn everything off. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter,
3: TV. Yeah. Just turn it off. Turn it off. I think there's a catch. Nope. No. No, ma- many say that if people had just turned it off, they'd be healthier and happier today. Could be. Many would say if P- if nobody were watching, then Donald Trump wouldn't have been nominated because he was a media, you know. Storm in the primaries, $2 billion of free media. But we're we're addicted. The, the perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah, his hair is perfect. Totally agree. Um, we are addicted, but that's part of the key now is, you know, turn it off. If you don't want to listen to it anymore tonight, you don't have to watch. You don't have to watch the votes coming in. I, I kind of do. Because you're addicted. Well, a little bit, but... I plan d- d- on doing that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the parties tonight. There's going to be a lot of parties. Trump and Clinton, we'll get into that. They're partying. They're both
5: really, really close.
3: Really close to each other. Um, plus, also, of course, um, we will continue our interviews with our our very own um, reporter, Ron Broka, who's out trying to see if there's anything going on at any of the polls... And uh, he'll be in Ohio.
0: So he was in Beaver County in Utah. Yeah. And now he'll be in Ohio. He jumped right on a plane. But, you know. Flew right to Ohio. That was kind of a big deal. They didn't
3: have the right color pens. Yeah, they were missing pens. And people didn't want to use the electric, electronic voting tools. So we'll see what's going on in Ohio. Ohio's a big swing state. And Ron Brokaw, you know, a distant, distant relative, Tom Broka. He's going to give us a little update. Be interesting to see what's going on with him. Um, we'll go there. Also, uh, we have a really interesting ad that we we have a that we're going to play at the very end of this hour from the Canadian travel. It's the Chamber of Commerce, yeah, I believe. Canadian Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Depending on how you feel about this election. Oh, just a little little hint,
5: a little it's, suggestion.
3: Well, it's just you know if you don't like how stuff goes. So, quit and always Canada. leave. Is that what it is? Right. It's really neat. I think it's a neat ad. All right. And I'm glad they're sponsoring the show. <laughs> Nothing wrong with America, but Canada also loves this, too. Just bringing that up. Just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> but first, before we get to all of that, let's get to the headlines with Sadie Nielsen. Sadie, what's going on around the rest of the country?
7: Millions of Americans have already participated in early voting, either in person or at the polls and or with their absentee ballots, including those citizens who happen to be stationed out of this world. According to the Associated Press, NASA astronaut Shane Kimbrough filled his absentee vote for the presidential election from the International Space Station this week. Aside from doing his civic duty, Kimbrough apparently wanted to say, I voted from space. The stock market surged Monday, with investors expecting Hillary Clinton to defeat Donald Trump in today's presidential election. But financiers are also bracing for Republicans to retain at least the House of Representatives, meaning a divided government for at least two years. The Dow Jones, S&P 500 and the Nasdaq all close for the day. Apparently, the months of political conflict has left Americans feeling rather ashamed, a Wall Street Journal-NBC survey reveals. Nearly two-thirds of adults say that the 2016 presidential campaign made them less proud to be American, and around 60% said they didn't like either choice of candidate. Only 7% of Americans said the presidential election made them more proud. And finally... Yes? So, you know the movie uh, Snakes on a Plane? Is that what it's called?
0: Yes. Snakes yes. on a plane. With Sam Jackson.
7: Yes. Uh, so passengers on, I a, saw this. passengers on a carrier Aerial Mexico flight to Mexico City on Sunday spotted a serpent slithering around in an overhead luggage compartment. Uh, a passenger captured a video when the giant green snake suddenly dropped down from the overhead bin. Uh, the plane was given priority landing and the reptile was quickly secured. Uh, the airline is still working to figure out how exactly the snake got on the plane in the first place
5: snakes on
3: the plane it is terrorist. did you see this video yes scary like and some guys just filming it that's what nightmares are made of i thought when it and it drops a little bit it like drops and hangs and um honestly i thought people would freak I, I don't i guess not everyone saw it i don't know but this one guy's just filming it no big deal just a green snake what's the I mean, what's the worst thing a green snake could
7: do yeah Totally.
5: Well, Eat a he, child. He he was a distance away from it. There yeah. was other people in the way, so he probably felt safe that it would go after those people right. before him. So yeah, film it. But there's
3: some lady that's just going to turn and have a green snake. Oh, did my oxygen mask come down?
5: Hey, everyone's got a time to go, Matt. <laughs> well, he had the flash
3: on his phone, and as everybody
0: knows, when you flash a bright light at a snake, it it, uh, it is a defense
3: s- mechanism. No, I, I don't think that works. It, isn't it? No. Oh. I don't know where you learned that. It actually just attracts the snake to you. You become the first meal.
0: Well, I think it works like in Rear Window where you blind them temporarily.
3: Uh, I don't think it works that way. Hmm. I think you'd be dead. On the airplane, Jeffrey Simpson would be the first one killed by the green snake. Huh. But you would have your flashlight in your hand. <laughs>
5: Luckily, I have snake
3: coverage on my insurance
0: plan.
5: (laughs) The story, but you valiantly valiantly fought off the snake with your phone. Yeah. That'll be a story. And then you'll be a hero of the day. Then Matt can read the story at the end of the show for about a minute and a half. And then that paper
3: will be tossed in the recycle bin. One man dies. Moving on. Yeah. Um, Today, with the election going on, can I just say um, how do I say this and be politically correct?
5: This this whole election has been about rejecting political correctness. Let me just
3: suggest something. I I personally think this is more about the media than anything. I think Donald Trump was supported and created by the media and they made him a lot of money in the primaries.
5: Now, I don't think they did it on purpose. I think they looked at it as a way to get ratings because people were watching it. So they just kept doing it.
3: You know, but you but they gave him two billion dollars worth of ad flow and he destroyed everybody in his wake. Then he came in and they then had to pay homage and respect to Hillary, who was also spending a billion and whatever dollars to the media. Yes. So and then they didn't necessarily give Donald the same support they used to give, give him. And I think the press probably turned even more negative. But yes. some of that, too, is because Donald played Donald. Mm. Um, I don't know. In the end now, they've made a ton of money. Their ratings have never been higher. And tonight – and by the way, we've heard every poll in the world from Donald Trump is leading in every blue state that, and has a chance. But I remember last year or last election thinking Romney had a chance mm-hmm. when he didn't have a prayer no. and he was blown away. But it was the media still spewing all of this
5: stuff. There is a theory that the media tries to kind of make it look as if the race is tightening yeah. so they can continue to get people to watch, which right. helps them sell more
0: ads. And they it, wouldn't do that to us, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, honestly, I don't, that,
5: I don't know that they – so I'm not like this
3: anti-media guy. But I do know that they have to have people on their show that are interesting. Mm-hmm. And you can't just have a Trump person without having kind of a, a Clinton person. And each of them are going to go to their extremes to get any poll to talk about.
5: But they also want those people want to get invited back, so they have to be kind of extreme, so they you know can bring the eyeballs. So I think we ought to say
3: this because this has already happened two times with Romney, and now you're about to see what happens with Trump. If it is a blowout, then the media they they didn't create the blowout, but they didn't they didn't they didn't report it either. They didn't protect. The, the people with the honest, truthful reporting. And they would say they can't because they don't know the the polls. And if they don't, then shut your flapper because there, if an, you don't
5: know, you don't know. There's an argument tonight that people on social media will be releasing, you know, calling states and calling races before they're actually official. TV, TV networks right. holding back till they have like a more scientific reason, I guess, from their pollsters to do it. But then they'll have this poll of the... The Twitter Twitter's beating us and they're scooping us. So we need to get out ahead of this. Right, and where do you right. have your sort of, I guess, your journalistic, uh, you know, where's your line before They really you shouldn't do be that? talking at all until no. the polls are closed. Well, they'll start announcing things before California even is close totally. to closing. Right. I was telling my wife, they, the polls close on the East Coast and it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon in and California. And you have some
3: Arizona, Nevada. Some of these states are close. Colorado are close. Well, we don't know if they're close. It's yeah. just the re- media they're reports close. they're yeah. close. So I, I really think, honestly, if, if, if it is a blowout, then the media failed in their reporting because the, most of the media right now is saying it's probably a three- to four-point advantage for Hillary. If, if it's more than four points, then the media has just been stirring up a bunch of stuff to keep it interesting. Right. Nobody would have been interesting two months ago if it was going to be a nine-point blowout. I feel like you just told me there's no Santa Claus. Like, I feel as, as far as
0: media goes, yeah. I was a boy yeah, and no, now I'm a grown up. I've ruined it for you.
3: You know why I say this? Because Anna Navarro, who yes. is one of the CNN contributors who really went anti-Trump because Trump went anti-Hispanic, Anna Navarro, big gop uh, who was running Jeb Bush's, I guess, campaign, mm-hmm. she is now voting for Hillary
5: Clinton. Well, she's voting against Trump. Right, is that's, what she'll say, right. yeah. Because, yeah, it says, would take a she... lot
3: to, to do that. But she also um, – when you, when you look at this, Donna Brazil got in trouble for helping the Clinton campaign. Mm-hmm. Others were leaking stuff to the Clinton campaign. Anyway, yeah. I'm not – I am saying tonight you're still going to see, to me, a lot of smug media talking about an election that they very much were involved in creating. And no matter how bad you hated Donald Trump and all of the just uh, some of the dumb things he says, the media got him there by giving him two billion now he no no doubt he's a master right but they, they the didn't boost. have to give two billion dollars of primary yeah.
5: ads to donald to, Trump. they didn't have to cover campaign events from beginning to end right and then like oh by the way, Hillary Clinton's talking. Uh, we'll go back to Trump right. for like twenty minutes,
3: and then sit here and pretend like he
5: disgusts you. Well, even in the primaries, right? Like all the other candidates couldn't get on TV, right? You yeah. couldn't get you couldn't get ad time tonight. Trump and Hillary Clinton will be fifteen blocks apart for their their uh, oh, celebration. The uh, what are the oh. election night celebrations? But just think of the traffic cra- chaos, the security. Cl- or uh, Trump will be at a Hilton. Does he not have a hotel in New York? Yeah, he doesn't want to mess up. It his may, hotel. Maybe it's a Trump Hilton. Do they have those? I don't maybe,
3: know. Maybe maybe it's too big of an event.
5: Hillary Clinton was going to have a fireworks display, but they nixed that for some reason. Yeah, not sure why. Probably just fire. I was reading this in 2012. 241 million people were of voting age, but only 129 million actually voted, which is about 53 percent of the eligible voters hmm. in the country. That was in 2008? That was in 12.
3: 12. So I wonder.
5: I wonder how today will go. They think it may be up slight, slightly because there's some yeah. excitement behind yeah. this, yeah. but uh, maybe, still.
0: Maybe the other 50% are felons,
5: probably. But in Belgium, their turnout is 89% of the population. Wow, it vote. really? Yeah. But isn't the, that, they like take the whole day off, the government turn, gives the day off. The UK at 61%. The only wealthy countries we beat are Japan and Switzerland when it comes to voter turnout. That's amazing. Huh. And I do believe because of the way this election is ran, Obama's approval rating is at 52 percent. Hmm. He's viewed more positively now than Ronald Reagan at the end of his second term. Is he really? Well, the well, Ra- compared Reagan, to these two. Well, but Reagan yeah.
3: also had the the Iran – was the Iran-Contra scandal? Yeah, that, that
5: was towards the end. But uh, Obama is not as popular or seen as positively as Bill Clinton was at the end of his. Yeah. So well, part of the
3: Bill Clinton thing was to get him out of here. Well, yeah, they were all excited to get him out. But I think Obama's done a great job. At uh, part of it's because he's done, and he's excited to be gone and go make some money like right. Hillary,
5: sure, um, allegedly,
3: <laughs> allegedly. But he's been very presidential. He's been very. I mean, he's still totally a, a bully against Trump. But you know who isn't?
5: I mean, who isn't at this point right, <laughs> right
3: now? Everybody's against Trump. Hey, we we uh, we've invested a lot in our own reporter out there in the field, Ron Brokaw, and. Uh, Ron has now made his way to Ashtabula County in Ohio, and and he's here for the Matt Townsend Show to report what's going on there when it comes to the election. Uh, Ron Brokaw, are you there? Election workers in Ashtabula are running behind because
6: they forgot to wind their clocks back on Sunday. The temporary setback is not expected to have a significant impact on the polls here, as Gary Johnson has a commanding lead and is expected to win handily in the Ohio County. Reporting live from the Ashtabula Elections Building, I'm Ron Brokaw.
0: See, now that doesn't exactly make sense. Yeah. Because
3: spring forward, Fall fall back. Yeah. So why would they be running behind? I I thought you were going to say that doesn't make sense about Ron Johnson or uh, Johnson. Oh, no. And Ashtabula, he's all the rage. Is he? Yeah. I've never been to Ashtabula, but I didn't know they were so into libertarian thoughts and beliefs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know that throughout his campaign, he just kept hoping and wishing, like, ask me about Ashtabula. Ask me about Ashtabula. (laughs) Because he's, you know... An expert, but yeah. So interesting. interesting. There might be something bigger going on there because, yeah, they yeah. if they if we fell if we fell
3: back, you would think that they would be ahead of schedule.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Well, it's complicated. It's complicated, and the mere fact that Ron Brokaw, distant 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 cousin to Tom Brokaw, could even make it from Utah to Ashtabula that quickly, one hour. That's the real story. That is the real story. We will take a break. When we come back, Dr. Jeremy Sherman will be joining us. An interview we did a few months ago on how not to be fooled by jerks or become one. Stick with us. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show Do you have a friend who just can't seem to recognize that they're being duped? They don't realize that the door-to-door salesman has fooled them again or that the Facebook is never really going to give away free money just because you copy and paste something into your status. But how can you recognize, you know, when you're being duped? And, and, And why is it that some people are more likely to fall for it and uh, some aren't. For that matter, what are the, what are these people doing that are duping us? What are their tricks? What do they use in order to kind of trick us? Well, uh, we've got a great um, guest joining us, Dr. Jeremy Sherman is with us. Uh, Dr. Jeremy Sherman received his PhD in decision theory. He has written over 475 articles for Psychology Today and um, is a founding member of an 18-year-old research project founded by Harvard and Berkeley biologist Terence Deacon. Today he's here to talk to us about how not to be fooled by jerks and not to become one. Dr. Jeremy Sherman, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show.
11: Thanks for having me, Matt.
3: Thanks for being here. This is uh, this is an interesting article, and um, I really I, I loved it. You've got to describe for us two things, okay? or define, I guess. We have to define our terms um, your article talks about uh, suckers and jerks, and, you know, for every jerk there, I guess, needs to be a sucker, and for every sucker there's a jerk. Explain what uh, your definitions of these.
11: Okay, I'm probably using a, a pretty normal definition of both, and but I am fascinated by how to define them um, uh, because we generally define them as anybody who disagrees with us. So if you disagree with me then you're a sucker or you're a jerk. And I I have been long interested in trying to find a more objective way to describe that or else we end up with the world we have these days which is lots of different factions that disagree with each other and they're all confident that someone that their opposition is jerks and suckers. Right. But I, yeah, so so one way I framed it is what is a butthead other than someone I butt heads with? <laughs>
3: um it's a uh, and, and it's it's true it's almost like instinctively anybody that doesn't think like me i might think uh meets the role of a sucker or a jerk i guess that's
11: right a sucker yeah. or a sucker or a jerk and actually in a way the difference between them is just input and output uh that is if i'm taking in someone else's uh uh, beliefs that uh, then I'm a sucker, but then if I espouse those beliefs, then I'm a jerk. I mean, there's one way to think about that. But, it, but I'm really basically working with the familiar definitions, but looking for a way to get beyond our subjective treatment of them. What really goes into being a sucker or a jerk um, that isn't about content. It's really about how you manage, how you think, how you shop among interpretations. It's not about what you think, but how you think.
3: Huh? How you shop among interpretations, because there's many ways to see something or to be pitched something, and so this is really about how you evaluate the data.
11: That's a, that's right. It's a, it, it, and interpretation is uh, is really what it comes down to. We talk about reading situations. Well, when, when you think about reading, it's not a, a matter of automatically having a transfer of. Truths from one source to another. Right. It's always got interpretation in there. It's open to interpretation. So it is largely about how we shop among interpretations. Hmm. That's a and, that's a. And it. And, oh, go ahead. And it mat and it matters a lot. It's it's some of the biggest shopping decisions we ever make. So I'm interested in it uh, for social welfare generally. You know how to how to make society work better. But I'm really mostly interested in it at a personal level. If you shop poorly among interpretations, you can end up wasting years of life and millions of dollars in the long run because you've bought into something that doesn't actually serve you. So I'm really interested in this from a personal perspective as well. How to not be a sucker in our personal lives is where we get the most traction on this issue.
3: No, it's so true. And um, I guess that's part of it is because, like you were saying, if somebody tells me something at my doorstep – about what the bugs are going to do to my house, that's why I need to get pest control. Um, I guess I, I now have to interpret it, and you're saying I need to take probably a more active role in questioning the data and shopping my interpretation versus the data they're selling, and and and, and kind of measure this out so it's the best, it's betterment for me and my family.
11: Yeah, that's a, that's a fairly straightforward case. I mean, that is one one can then get a second opinion from, an, uh, from another exterminator or something like that. But let's take a more personal and subjective version of it. Suppose you're in a relationship that isn't working for you. It could be a business relationship or a personal relationship, a romantic relationship, and it, it's, you're feeling the urge to get out of it. But the other person calls you a quitter or uncaring or unloving yeah. or thinking about leaving. Well, you can end up spending decades of your life in a relationship that turns out not to be the best for you because you're persuaded by what turns out to be empty rhetoric. Let's take, the, let's take the concept of uncaring. It's used as a pejorative, it's used as a negative. It means you're doing something wrong when someone accuses you of it. No one feels complimented when they're told that they're uncaring. So we know it's bad, what does it mean? It means you don't care about something it implies a rule that one should always care about everything. Hmm. Well, you can't do that. Nobody does that. Right. So I'm even talking about at that level the, that that at that personal level, if you take that as evidence that you are wrong for not caring about this or that, whatever it is, it could be a person, it could be a cause, someone could call you uncaring for not making something a priority, we're all making things priorities and that means we're also making other things not priorities. And if we if we don't understand how that kind of rhetoric can move us, then we become suckers.
3: Yeah. And and I guess and, and an outsider would I guess see that move by your partner as them being a jerk.
11: Um that's right and you being a sucker yeah 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 and and by the way i'm not arguing that one should leave or not leave. right right that's not the question it's just their
3: method it's their
11: is
3: Is it the method that they're using
11: it's it's being swayed one way i think about it is that we we have to shift between deciding and decided on lots of decisions throughout our lives and um Often we are shoved over into a decided state by empty rhetoric, rhetoric that can't actually solve the problem, but makes us think that we don't have to think about it anymore. So I'm more interested in keeping alive the decision, the deciding, long enough to make a sound decision, a practical decision from a personal, for, for you in that situation and the rhetoric basically puts us to sleep. If someone says, "Well, you're uncaring," I I can't leave this relationship because I wouldn't want to be uncaring. Right. Or I wouldn't want to be called a quitter. That has decided it. It's basically smuggled a decision into a description. Someone thinks that they're just calling you a sp- uh, calling a state of state when they say, "Hey, look, you're just a quitter," you know? That's that's what you are. No, it's not that simple. We all quit things. You can't live your entire life as though um, you never quit something. The question is what to quit, and you can't get to that question if you fall for the kind of empty rhetoric that says uh, quitting is always a bad thing to do.
3: Yeah, you know what? You see this a lot, I guess, uh, don't you? In in the rhetoric of our of our politics, of our policy making, even in the whole gun discussion now. It, it, a lot of stuff is being folded in, and like you said, decisions – its our, our, our apparent decisions of what side we're on are all being smuggled just into the rhetoric or the description of the problem. What, you want to kill yeah, people? I, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right?
11: Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, it, so, yeah, so I, a CPA considers uh, April 15th, the season – the month coming up to it to be their season. This is my season. Um, yeah. Politics is a fascinating time to be studying, it's a fascinating arena to be watching this occur in. And and, and we're seeing um, extensions of the slippery, pseudo-profound rhetoric, the rhetoric that sounds fancy but isn't actually saying anything, um, or is making a decision from with only a one-sided argument. So to take an old example, we were told that we couldn't leave uh, Iraq war because it would be cutting and running. Well, that's just a direct parallel to what I was just talking about. Cutting and running is to reflect negatively on leaving something. Well, do you want to say that you've cut and run every time you leave everything you ever left? You can't do that. Sometimes some of the decisions are good ones, some of them are bad ones. You don't want that rhetoric to decide it. And yet in politics, we use that to an extraordinary extent.
3: And I guess is it always like you said? Is, is it always just a really nicely packaged statement, like cutting, cutting, and running? You know, your your boots on the ground or whatever. So, I, I guess I guess it's really about the language that we're using. Is that is that language sculpted to to make this happen, or is it just evolving in our normal day to day conversations?
11: Well. It- It's a combination, and um, it's irresistible. If you're in a position of power and you need to justify um, to a receptive audience, a gullible audience, you can't help but use this stuff. So one of my fascinations is that rhetoric gets better and better over time. That is, if we find a new rhetorical trick by which to convince people of things whether it be in a partnership or whether it be in politics at any level in any arena we don't forget that rhetoric that is it works for us so we're not going to forget it and yet at the same time a sucker is born every minute that (laughs) is we are all born naive so it's very hard for critical thinking skills to keep up with the quality of rhetoric that's available and i do have hopes in this election that one of, the, one, of the, one of the effects, if we survive this election, <laughs> will be that we will have become more sophisticated in our shopping among interpretations. Yeah. Because oh. you, you need a whole lot of training in a whole lot of bad rhetoric before you start to see that it's bad rhetoric. And in a way we get that over the years, for example, you look at an advertisement from the 1940s and you say, God, who would believe that stuff? Right. So we do become somewhat more sophisticated, but it's very hard to keep up.
3: Well, and it sounds like, too, Dr. Sherman, we've got to be talking about it like we are in order to maybe point it out more. Um, Let's take a break. We're speaking with Dr. Jeremy Sherman, um, who is the author of the book Negotiate With Yourself and Win, Mind Minding for People Who Can Hear Themselves Think. Um, Wonderful insight there, plus 400-plus articles on Psychology Today today. We'll come back, continue the discussion about how not to be fooled by jerks and how not to become one. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back friends to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about how not to be fooled by jerks or to become one. And in order to do that, you got to sucker proof yourself. And there's certain conditions that our next guest or our current guest is uh, talking to us about. Dr. Jeremy Sherman joins us. He uh, has a PhD in decision theory and has written over 475 articles for Psychology Today one of them um, is this topic we're discussing right now. Plus, he also has a book uh, titled Negotiate with Yourself and Win Mind Minding for People Who Can Hear Themselves Think. Dr. Jeremy Sherman, thank you so much for being with us.
11: Thank you. And thank you for reminding me how prolific I've been lately. I'm up to 1,200 articles.
3: Are you serious? Do you ever yeah, sleep?
11: No, I, I... <laughs> I, I do, but I write pretty officially these days. Um, the ideas keep on coming. This is a wonderful, it's a wonderful topic. It, it is because it just keeps on expanding and giving you all sorts of new angles on things. Well,
3: and this is the perfect I, like time to have you, you because you you can help us cut through a lot of the rhetoric that we're hearing. And it seems like this election year is is almost the perfect laboratory for your um, to kind of decision making theories. Um, talk to us about. Uh, again, let me just kind of make sure I get this straight. Uh, part of this is about you need suckers who kind of fall for the jerky rhetoric, who like the packaging, right?
11: That's right. That is um, – in, in politics, we can talk about uh, dog whistles. Uh, that is um, a sound that resonates for some audiences and not others. Um, and I, and I want to set this straight up front. Though I am progressive in general in my own politics, yeah. I'm not really primarily concentrating here on the substance of the arguments. I'm interested in how they're made.
3: Yeah, their method. And,
11: uh. that is a, and, that, and that is a key to becoming, to avoiding being a sucker. We generally think that messages that confirm what we already believe are true. It takes huge resistance to overcome that tendency in ourselves, the tendency to simply assume it's more, it's more true because we already believed it. Right. Um, so, so, so that's part of the training to, to, for critical thinking. Is a, 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 I think of this the, the work as learning how to spin, how to unspin, and how to do both even-handedly. Hmm. How to spin is rhetoric. Uh, how to unspin is critical thinking. And doing both even-handedly means that I have to be as good at uns- at at spinning my opponent's argument, almost like a lawyer. Yeah. That is, I got to be able to make my opponent's case as convincingly as possible, um, even though my tendency will be to make my own case as convincingly as possible. And I need to be able to unspin my own case um, as well as I can unspin my my opponent's. Because what, what most people do with when they learn rhetoric is they learn Rhetoric and critical thinking is they use the critical thinking to attack their opponents, and they use the rhetoric to spin their own arguments. So wow. I'm really interested in how you do it even-handedly.
3: Yeah. And so how so one key, key – do, do you sense that um, as, a, as a population – I mean, we may lack a lot of critical thinking skills, don't you think, to actually oh, – to, to, uh, to sort yeah, through yeah, and unspin true. this stuff?
11: Yeah, and it's not just that we're not informed. It's that we're not motivated to – to to learn critical thinking skills that we – because they're a little dangerous. Hmm. They can undermine our own mojo. I need a certain amount of of, of, of confidence that I'm right in order to get through my day, in order to stay focused on what I'm doing. And so I'm very unlikely to want to know how to dismantle my own – sources of mojo. This is why we end up with a country full of factions that are absolutely confident that they are 100% right and that the other side is suckers and fools.
3: Mm. What about, um, one of the things in your article you cite is, part of this is just, I guess, education, and I'm not, I I guess you're not talking formal education, but people that are more apt or likely to buy into a, a jerk's argument would probably be somebody who's who's not as as educated or I guess is not either as isn't open to wanting this information because it'll impact our mojo, like you're saying, or isn't looking for other answers.
11: Well, yes, and, and I would argue that that's not just that's not a rare pathology. I would say that that's fundamental to human nature. That is, we find what what feels like a groove to us and then we want to stay in it. It's very disorienting to. Um, to, to, to reopen questions, big questions or fundamental assumptions in our lives and rethink them. It's very hard to do. It's, it's costly. I do think that some of this does require formal education. We talk about how our education system is failing us. But really, we have to prioritize in an education. And the shopping among interpretations is the biggest priority, I think, for a capable society. It, 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 you just That's, that's got to be what education does more than anything else. Facts we can now get on the Internet uh, intermingled with all sorts of nonsense. But, of course, you can get at facts if you want. How do you shop among those facts for, how, for what to what to invest in, that's really difficult work. And I do think it requires some formal education, but it doesn't get enough attention in schools because we mostly still focus on facts.
3: Right. Right. Give us the um, – you, you gave about uh, – I think it's four basic questions um, that help us to, to um, I guess, unsucker or sucker-proof ourselves. What, what are what are some of the things we can be doing to make sure we don't fall into the category of sucker?
11: Uh, so the first of them would be, can you state, if you hear something profound, sounding, because it uses, let's say, those dog whistle words, the words that evoke in you or stir you to enthusiasm and, 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 uh, and all that, can you state it in plain language? Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday, a libertarian friend yesterday, who told me that freedom unites. Um, okay, those are two <laughs> powerful sounding words. Yeah. Um, and I and I was challenging him because I was saying it's interesting. You libertarians want to make a very big change in the country, um, and and to do that, to make a very big change, you have to unite. But at the same time, you're all advocates of anarchy and doing your own thing. So how are you going to deal with that? Well, he had this pat answer: freedom unites. Okay. Well, those are two simple enough words, uh-huh. but if you start to unpack it, you notice. Wait a second. That's kind of like that's kind of an oxymoron. It's like saying. Unite for autonomy. It's a strange thing to say. Yeah, and yeah. So there's a kind of a kind – of so it's, it's about unpacking in that way. So now here's, an, here's another one. Freedom unites, he, he says. Let's just take this as an example. Can you find an exception to that? If you, because generally what, what, what satisfies the sucker part of every one of our minds the part that just goes by intuition and doesn't think about it is a, is a sense that you have found a universal truth. Well, he was definitely saying it that way. Freedom right. is always. can you find an exception? Sure. That? When you're can free, you find an acceptance?
3: Yeah, you're free yeah. and you're starving to death and you no longer want freedom. you now want to eat.
11: Right, that's right. Uh, that would be an example. but also freedom, if if you and I are free to choose to do whatever we want, Chances are reasonably good, given just the statistics, that you will end up wanting to do something different from me. So, that's right. So how do you want you know,
3: And it doesn't unite so us anymore.
11: Is, right, and also we can think of plenty of st- situations in which it's not the case. So the, second, so the first one is say it in plain language. Yeah, that is, strip it of its rhetoric. Uh, two is, can you find an exception? If you can find one exception then it's apparently not this general universal sweeping formula that will solve all your problems all the time. Yeah. And yet so so this is basically an argument against what's called confirmation bias, the tendency for all of us to look for examples that support whatever we believe in, not look for exceptions. But if we really want, you know, a, a, a solid understanding, better interpretations, we have to be very careful about what's a universal rule. And what isn't a universal rule? Um, and th- a lot of stuff is touted as a universal rule when it can't possibly be.
3: Right. In fact, um, and, and speaking it as a fact, oh, I guess that's another one of your points is, yeah, because you can speak so strongly, it sounds factual. That's why you're saying we've got a question using these questions, this data, this rhetoric.
11: That's right. And actually, and rhetoric takes all sorts of forms. The general definition of it is basically mercenary argue, uh, mercenary forms of persuasion that is they can be used in support of any cause they are not uh, specific to your argument but they're just kind of a, a general purpose way of tipping the scale putting a thumb on the scale either dis, dis, uh, discounting alternative perspectives or amplifying the power of, of, of a chosen perspective that's what rhetoric does yeah. it's, it's kind of generic in that in that sense and that gets to the third point, which is could your opposition use your argument against you? For example, we, we like to sound perseverance furthers, but we usually employ it when we're thinking about um, things that we would like to see more of. So imagine if ISIS claimed perseverance furthers. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be so happy with it then. <laughs> right. and so it's a matter of basically turning the tables um, in order to see whether this thing is actually as true and valid and affirming as you think it is. If your opponent can use it against you, then it's not as true as all of that. Um, and then, the, and finally, the fourth one does get down to this basic point I was making earlier, which is uh, we often use loaded terms as if they're merely descriptive. So right. notice that I could I – could, uh, if I don't – If I don't like what you uh, uh, your commitments, I can call you stubborn. Mm -hmm. If I like your if I like your uh, commitments, I can call you steadfast. What's the difference between them? A matter of opinion about whether it will turn out well. It's not at all. There's not a difference between them. It's not like stubbornness and perseverance, or, or steadfastness are apples and oranges. They're one and the same thing. The only difference is the loading. And so it's very useful to be able to strip the loading off of something. When someone calls you a quitter or someone calls you steadfast, those are in a way sort of opposites. Try to strip that off. Translate from the positive to the negative, from the negative to the positive, so that you gain the power of neutral thinking. So you can shop among interpretations.
3: I love it. Oh, that's such great advice. This is what makes us a critical thinker, but also, I mean, it can also help us be a motivator and somebody that can enroll people into our thinking. So I appreciate you being with us again. Dr. Jeremy Sherman, um, go check out his book that – Is called Negotiate with Yourself and Win, Mind-Minding for People Who Can Hear Themselves Think. And uh, maybe even more valuable as well uh, was also 1,200-plus articles on Psychology Today. All you got to do is look up Jeremy Sherman and Psychology Today. You'll get to his page and start downloading and reading all of those. We appreciate you, Dr. Sherman. And for the rest of us, let's keep our minds uh, open and let's question what we're hearing. Let's question uh, how we think. That way we don't have to fall into the sucker category. Powerful stuff. We'll take a break, come back, continue the discussion. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Today is the day, everyone. Election day. Woo-hoo! The day our country will decide who we want to be our leader for the next four years. It's been a crazy election season. And uh, finally, it all comes to fruition today. The whole election thing has been exhausting for many, and uh, so we've asked Caitlin Thomas, one of our producers, to join us today, to give us some ways that we can relax and rejuvenate after the voting is over today. Hello, Caitlin.
4: Good morning. How are you? Look at that election theme. It's finally here. Is that good? Uh, well, it, it's been tough and exhausting, hasn't it? It has.
3: Well, I, I am to, I am tired.
4: There is, I mean, tired. there's no doubt that most Americans are just really excited for the fighting and the name calling and the shouting and the Facebook statusing to be over.
0: Yes, sounds like you were going on a Jerry Lewis rant there.
4: <laughs> you and know, the fighting
0: and the. Yeah. But you know
3: what? <laughs> Oh, that's Bill Cosby.
4: <laughs> it is exhausting. But yeah. I brought along some tips today okay. for all of us to Give help us, some us survive tips. today. Okay, so the first one, well, when you're waiting in line to vote today, mm-hmm. which everybody needs to go vote. Yeah. But unless you've already
3: voted. Unless you've already don't voted. Don't vote twice. I already
4: voted. But if you're waiting in line today to vote, just know they are probably going to be in line for a while. So don't wear wear comfortable shoes.
3: Wear comfortable shoes. Take a Get stool. Some gel I always like to carry a chair with me. Bring a camp chair. Uh-huh.
4: Just sit. Bring a book. Mm. Um, You know, keep yourself there. And then here's a suggestion. Yeah. When you're in line waiting, yeah. I would suggest that you don't sit and talk to strangers about um, who you're going to vote for and don't who you bring up politics. vote for because right. everyone's going to get really mad at you. Yeah, yeah. And fact. you're probably going to hear so a lot of – more in common than actually you may realize. For example – it's a good point. The Republican you know, like don't sit and talk about – oh, listen to mean. Clinton. Don't be like – I don't know. Just don't do it. We don't need to fight anymore. Don't
3: bring up politics. I mean, obviously, a better choice of discussion would be religion.
4: You bring know up,
3: what? Bring up religion.
4: Maybe just don't talk at all.
3: Just read your book.
4: Just read your book. Yeah, Mind your like own but that. Just do like your that. voting. Get out. I like it. And do it. I,
3: I would just suggest everybody, that once you're in like the lines to vote, treat it as if you're about to go through TSA.
4: But yeah, sure.
3: Just be quiet and just think through... How many ways you're about to be violated?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, and if you leave, you might – some people I know, of, they voted and they've left feeling very discouraged, like, and hopeless about America's yeah. future. Yeah. Um, so here's a tip. Go home. Sit down. Make a list of today's triumphs. Make a list of oh, all the things that went well. That's a good idea. And then tell yourself some really good things that you did.
9: You was
3: calm. You was small
11: is important
4: words of affirmation that's really good it'll make you feel better
3: was that what was the movie what movie was <laughs> the that help? help the help yeah,
4: but it'll just make you movie. feel better go watch about the, the voting process uh-huh. or you know go home and you know wash your face what wash and then lay down and take a nice relaxing cat nap Turn on some nice music. Brush your teeth. Wash your face.
3: Oh, that worked. See,
4: he's gone. <laughs> now turn it off. See if he wakes up. I never wash my face. See, do you feel better?
0: That's... Oh, and he tells the truth too when he's sleeping. Once sleepy. I wash my face, I...
4: it'll make you feel so much better. You just go home, lay down, turn on some music like that. Mm. Wash your face. You know, like wash it all away. Just wash all the. Wash it away. <laughs> And then turn on, and then just lay down, take a nice cat, yeah. And you'll wake up. That's and great advice. You know what? Wash and also your face. here's another one: just when the, when you, when the winners announced, you'll know. So just stay off the internet.
3: Before or after? Both. Good point. It's
4: time for us to start making our own decisions that aren't influenced by our friends' Facebook statuses. Yeah.
3: I still don't
0: quite understand the concept of turning stuff off, like the internet. And you,
3: there's a button. It's like uh-huh. the power button.
4: It's on. Okay. Your iPhone has one.
3: And you just really, you just you depress the button. I mean, I know it when it runs out of battery, it turns off. Yeah, but no, this is, I can do
4: it manually. It could, yeah. it could have a full oh, wow.
3: charge, and you can turn it off.
4: You can, and if you really can't stay off, like if you really feel the need to just voice your opinion today, you know what? Just delete the app.
3: You know, write it. In write a it journal. in your
4: journal. I, that's on here.
3: See, save it, save it, put it in your journal, and save it for later.
4: You know what? I bet all of your grandkids will want to read about the chaos that was the 2016 election well, someday. So write it down.
3: By the way, that is a big assumption that you will have grandkids considering that uh, Armageddon will is begin. Is the end of the world? At about
4: 9 o'clock This tonight. is the end of the world.
3: That's what they say. That's what I keep hearing. Any other advice to help us
4: <sighs> calm down? Just, you know, just breathe. When you're sitting in the booth today making your decision, five big deep breaths to let it stress you out.
3: In through your nose, out through
4: your mouth. <sighs> just breathe. It's gonna be okay. America has survived hard things before. We will survive again today.
3: Well, does do you remember the last election? Some people were freaked out about that. Look and at look, look at, it and turned we're all still out. Living. It turned out okay.
4: Okay, right? It'll yeah. everything will be okay. It's all good. That's it for today.
3: See how easy? Happy
4: voting day, everyone!
3: Happy voting day.
4: Do you feel inspired? Totally. Go vote.
3: Vote, wash your face, don't talk in line, take a lawn chair,
4: write in your journal, write
3: in your journal, read and a book, then
4: wash your face
3: and watch the help. Stay
4: out. off Facebook.
3: Caitlin Marie Thomas nailed it. Well done, Caitlin. New Marie. middle name for you. Thank you very much. And as one of our new sponsors, uh, Canadian, um, what was it? Uh, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. The Canadian Chamber of Commerce wants everybody who's voting today to know that um, hey. They're there for you. Rain or shine, win or lose. Here's our next vendor.
0: This election has left many Americans rethinking their citizenship. For those of you who are planning on immigrating to another country, if your candidate doesn't win, we here at the Canadian Chamber of Commerce would like to share this important message as the polls trickle in. No matter who wins this election, We've got attractions to suit Americans of all political persuasions. Welcome to Canada. For those of you who are dreading the idea of another Clinton in the White House, you'll love beautiful British Columbia. Craving a big juicy steak? All of BC's steakhouses feature the piece of heaven that is Trump's steak. Looking to further your education and maybe get your real estate license? Why not enroll in Trump University, Victoria. Want to maintain that radiant orange glow? Then the tanning beds at Lux Tanning are just the ticket. Mention this ad and get a 25% discount. And for those of you who are flabbergasted that Trump even got the GOP nomination, why not give Ontario a try? If you're looking to get your real estate license, but have issues with attending Trump University Victoria, then check out Whitewater University, now scandal-free for eight years. Need to send a private email? Ontario boasts hundreds of internet cafes with secured servers, so you can live free from the fear of a lawsuit. And speaking of lawsuits, the legal team of Papillon, Papillon and Leibowitz will fight for you the next time you're involved in a shady investment. Welcome to Canada. When you don't get your way, come our way, eh? This is the Matt Townsend
2: Show.
10: Your guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter.
2: At Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
2: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
0: Dr. Matt
4: Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
0: BYU Radio.
3: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Happy Election Day. November 8th has finally arrived. It's the day to make it official. Choose your poison. (laughs) Pick your poison. (laughs) Is that a bad analogy? No. I mean, again, there's so many people running. We only ever talk about the top two candidates, but there's many, many others. What about Evan McMullen? Evan McMullen's another one. He
0: could get somewhat close to taking Utah,
3: but probably not really. Probably not. But who knows? weirder things have happened it's also by the way cook something bold and pungent day hmm and you may remember we had an fbi agent on a week ago or so and right. he, he was he was uh we were trying to get him to like tell us anything he could about the clinton investigations or the trump investigations and he really couldn't give us any information but he did tell us one thing for sure on november 8th he's going to be cooking something bold and pungent yes to celebrate this day, I think there we've, there's a standing
0: uh, invitation to his home tonight.
3: You're, are you going to take him up on that?
0: Uh, probably not, because I think he lives in Illinois. So, what's your problem? Oh,
5: okay. We just had a reporter go from Beaver, Utah, to Ohio, right? Yeah. So, come on. Where's and, your dedication to the show? And he's not done. Ron Brokaw, um, our very own
3: reporter, uh, also distant distant relative to the Tom Brokaw, you know, of NBC fame. But he's not Tom. He's a distant, distant cousin. Um, he will be reporting to us soon from North Carolina, Hoke County. Really? Yeah. Hoke County.
0: So we went from Utah to Ohio mm-hmm. to Hoke County, North Carolina.
3: In, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he's flying in a um, in an, a a Joint Strike Fighter F thirty five, and itself, it's uh, it's autopilot too, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it's got a pilot, but the guy's not allowed to talk. So we'll be hearing from him, find out what's going on. Uh, we found out that in uh, Ashtabula County, they um, – they, what was going on there? Was they, kind of, there was a time – there was time
0: confusion because they forgot yeah. to set their clots, clocks back. Yeah, but
3: – yeah. we, Yeah. We, we don't even – and hmm. then in Beaver, Utah, they didn't – they ran out of pens. So they're trying to – Mix inks together to get the black and blue You got to use black or blue and he was convinced you can't make the color blue.
0: So they were going for black?
3: Yeah. You can always make black, you know. And then we'll be to North Carolina, see what's going on there. It is your day. This is the day that makes you distinctly American. Uh, This and then, you know, anything in July where you wear a wife beater t-shirt and, you know. Go to a mud bog. That's American? You bet. All right. You don't see that in France as much. Huh. You know? I mean, I'm not.
5: Maybe our culture is spreading. Oh, it's spreading. There are many countries that they, that's a fear of theirs is our Our, yeah. uh, our, our culture spreads yeah. too much. So. Yep. We spread. Um, we will also today be talking with
3: our health uh, our health guru. What do we call him? Evangelist. Our evangelist. evangelist yes. Dr. Ron Hager will join us and talk to us about how to manage our stress, Hmm. because some might be feeling stress today because of the election,
5: or just stress in general. Yeah,
3: could be just for many. Because
5: apparently half the country is not going to vote, or half the eligible voter. Or voting population isn't going to vote. Half of the eligible. Yeah. So not even like half the population, just half the eligible voters in this country right. will not bother to Come go on. vote. But when you see the lines, why would you? They're like, right. there's some places where it's, oh, there's a five hour wait. Like, it's, it's almost like
0: they don't want you to vote. It kind of feels that way. I wonder how many of those people are not voting
3: in protest. Hmm. That's I still think they should have a protest vote. Right, so you we should could still count, show up. So we could up, count the protests, and then you could yeah. say, "I'm protesting my vote Measures because of dissatisfaction. I was let down by the parties and the media." Yeah, it's just hypothetical. Someday it yeah. might work. We'll get to all that fun. Um, plus, of course, the latest and the greatest—a hero story, as well as visiting our good buddies down at BYU Sports Nation. Find out what's going to be on their show at the top of the hour. But, Foist, let's get to the headlines with Sadie Nielsen. Sadie, what's going on around the rest of the country?
7: Other issues are up for vote today besides who will live in the White House. Boulder, Colorado and California cities of Albany, San Francisco and Oakland are voting on a soda tax. Voters in California and Nebraska will decide whether they want to keep the death penalty. Also, California, Massachusetts, Maine, Arizona and Nevada will vote on legalizing recreational marijuana. An Ohio man was arrested at the Columbus airport Monday as he was boarding a flight on his way to join ISIS, federal prosecutors say. The man, Aaron Travis Daniels, 20, of Columbus, admitted having sent money to ISIS supporters and having plans to travel to Libya for the purpose of joining the terrorist group, according to the FBI. A woman was killed Monday afternoon in Manhattan after she was pushed into the path of an oncoming subway train, police say. The unidentified woman was killed instantly when she was struck by the southbound number 1 train at about 1 p.m. Eastern time. Bystanders pointed out the suspect to the police, and she was apprehended inside the station. Witnesses, many still in shock after what they saw, told officers the women were fighting on the platform before the shove occurred, and it's unclear if they knew each other. And finally... Yes? Uh, I always wanted to keep you updated, Matt, on the latest trends going on. Um, So there's a bizarre new trend going on in schools in America and a couple other places. Um, It's like an epic game of musical statues, and it has been dubbed the Mannequin Challenge. Have you heard of it? No. Okay.
3: Oh no! I have. That's where you freeze.
7: Yes. Yes. So hordes of people are talking about it. It requires participants to adopt a variety of action poses and then stand perfectly still while someone with a camera walks around filming the strange scenes. Mm. Um, and the results are pretty scary and creepy. Sometimes. Manichiny. Yeah.
0: So wait, what is musical statues? Is it like musical
5: chairs?
7: Yeah, like you stand and you, someone walks around.
3: Sounds like a lot of
5: work.
7: There's another another one
5: called There's another one called Andy's Coming. Andy who? So all these you'll see all these people in a room and they're just standing there and then someone yells, Andy's coming, and everyone falls to the ground like a rag doll. Like Toy Story. Like Toy Story. That's a good one too. That's cute.
7: I like that one.
3: So
0: do you I think play ours this is game? Called Dawn is coming. Sadie plays this yeah. game with her friends, I'm sure.
7: <laughs> oh, do I? No, no, no. Actually, the best one I've seen was actually the BYU gymnastics team. Yeah. Um, they were holding poses on the balance beam, like upside down. Yeah, but why is not that, moving?
3: I, I don't think that's as hard. I mean, try sitting at a desk doing radio. Hold that pose.
7: Every day. It's you're my do, life.
3: You're doing it right now. I know. Yeah. I fell asleep the last hour because we were doing meditation stuff. I got the smelling salts out. Yeah, it was weird. Next time, put it on my note, near my nose, not my ear. Thanks. Um, okay, Sadie, do you want to put something together so we can do statue... Uh, Mannequin Here challenge. comes Andy or Don challenge? Yes,
7: I'm on it. Okay.
3: I like the Here Comes Don challenge, but we don't freeze. We just all get busy. Yeah, so it's the opposite effect. We have to look like here we're comes working. Saul, look busy. This sounds bad. I hope Don's not listening. He definitely is. <laughs> He's always listening. So uh, this hour, again, get out and vote. If you don't exercise your right to vote, then you shan't exercise
5: your vote, your right to talk about it. Do we want everyone to vote? That's a great question. I mean, people keep We've saying about everyone get out there and vote. And it's like, really? There's some people you you look at and you're like, do I want you to vote? Do you really need to exercise that
3: right? But I would say anybody that listens to this show, obviously a completely different level. All
5: right. High, high highbrow, incredible. Do you want to encourage people to vote who don't share your viewpoint? Absolutely not. So why would you encourage people to vote?
3: Here's the thing, because they still have a right to vote.
5: Well, you have your right, but would you encourage someone to vote opposite of what you want? Well, if you listen to the news, half these votes won't count anyway. Yeah, they'll just be tossed out or... Lit on fire. Once whatever. again,
3: brought to you by the media of the world. Where <laughs> they'll be
0: recounted
3: and there will be a lawsuit. The media. See, that's why I don't think half of this stuff goes on, but because the media keeps talking about it. Who knows? And the media, meaning every single person in the media, including us, mm. we keep bringing it up. No, we're outside. We're outside the bubble. We actually are not in the bubble. I isn't, didn't even know there was a bubble. Isn't Provo considered a bubble? Yeah, it's, it's its own bubble. By some people, mm-hmm. yes. Um, So, we've got a a bunch to talk about here. Um, In a minute, Dr. Hager, Ron Hager will be joining us, our health evangelist. He will walk us through how to de-stress. No one more calm and relaxed than Ronald Hager. Ronald Lamar Hager. Lamar? I don't know. We'll find out. Okay.
5: Um, But tell me, you've got some more headlines we've got to get to. I do. Non-political headlines. Yes. We're moving on. Non-political. This headline says, you will spend 1.3 years of your life trying to find something to watch on TV. So the time you spend flipping through the guide, looking here, looking there, 1.3 years, years of your life. What a waste. Unless uh, you could be eating it's about twenty-three. Chips. It's about 23 minutes a day. Really? How much TV are people watching?
3: Yeah, we don't even... It's interesting now. We don't turn on the TV as much anymore.
5: That's 474 days over the course of a lifetime. That's a lot of life. See, and what... I don't think I do because I usually just record things and I just go into my little folder and push play. I don't really look.
3: was it Thoreau that said, I went to the woods because I wished to look for TV channels? No, he did not. But And and then he he said he
0: got in there and didn't hear a tree falling.
5: Yeah. Cable subscribers have an even bigger problem, so listen up, Matt. 44% report trying to find something on TV and failing. Has that happened to you? You're trying to find something?
3: Because you know why? I, I try to speak into my, uh, remote just, okay. so it'll find it. And That's then I right. found out we don't have that kind of remote. It took me three weeks to figure that just out. Talking, and your wife just, just talked to my remote. She thought, I was, thought it was a f- telephone.
5: So this goes on to basically say that uh TV broken. And, uh, because you can't, if you're not watching it on your cable service, if you try to go to some other service, it's going to, uh, make you angry. And you will dislike all life because you can't find anything on all these services. (laughs) This is why everybody
3: is going to their phones. Did you hear about the Ukrainian man that's trying to name himself iPhone 7? Got to get a new phone. He wants to name himself iPhone 7 so he can win the phone. The man has officially changed his name to iPhone 7. 20 years old. um, iPhone Sim 7 got the coveted prize Friday. It only costs 2 bucks to change your name, but it costs 850 bucks to buy a cell phone. Hmm. So change your name. Just change your name. I mean, can you imagine how proud his parents would be? Well, he got a new phone. He'll change it back in a year or two. iPhone 4 and 4S. <laughs> you know, that would be a pain, though,
0: because they have to show their, their passport everywhere they go. Oh, yeah.
3: What if you had made the mistake of being the Samsung Notebook 7 and changed your name to that? Hmm. Burning up. Explosive personality. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even let you on a plane, I hear. <laughs> Are you that
5: Samsung Notebook yeah, 7? And they'll talk Note talk 7. to you multiple times, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. You're out of here. Eight men charged with stealing twenty-three thousand iPhones mm. from a Miami international airport. Eight men were arrested, charged this week. How do you steal twenty three thousand phones from a storage facility at the Miami International Airport? Forklift and a cargo truck. Seriously. They then managed to drive away with the 5s's, 6s's iPhones valued at about 6.8 million
9: dollars.
3: Wow, that is a lot of iPhoneage. And then they opened up the containers, and it's just a bunch of people named iPhone 5s, 6s. So they were
0: they were smuggling people then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. they were phones. These are actual phones. Oh, okay. Not like I'm the other story, the story where it's.
3: It's hard to keep them all. But FBI agents are uh, able to identify the people that were involved, and guess what? They're in trouble, and their
5: warranties were voided. Were they? Really? Wow. First thing the FBI does when phones are. Now there's going to be a flood of lemon iPhones on the market. (laughs) Void the warranty. Uh, Any other headlines we got to get to? A man contracted hepatitis after binging on energy drinks for three weeks. Were they dirty energy energy drinks? This is a 50-year-old construction worker who consumed four to five energy – four or two-five energy drinks a day for three weeks, recently diagnosed with acute hepatitis, a disease of the liver that causes uh, inflammation. While not the first uh, case of its kind, the incident points to largely ignored dangers of excess – is it niacin? We'll yeah. to ask our doctor. Let yeah, niacin. Niacin consumption. So there's other ingredients in those – those the, and it, the mix of energy drinks. It's got – and it compromised his, his liver, liver. failure. I think it was the Red 5. That ingredient yeah, just I don't gets you every time. There's taurine and all kinds of crazy stuff in there. You don't even you know what it is. You're just like, oh, okay. Taste. That's crazy. And by my experience, most of the energy drinks taste like a mix of hairspray and cough syrup. Mm, yeah. yeah. With a, just a dabble of gasoline. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's a good drink.
5: There's only one or two I've ever uh, tasted that had a pleasant taste. Most Mama of Mama said just don't horrible. drink
3: them drinks. Them drinks will make your heart explode. That's what yeah. Mama said.
5: Certainly give you a rush. So mama yeah. said there'll be days like this. But there'll again, days like this. Mama said four to five energy drinks a day. That's that's you know that's a lot of. energy. It's like there was a guy we we read a story that he actually died, but he was drinking like two or three two liters of Mountain right. Dew. But if you're doing if those are two hour energy drinks, that's only ten hours of energy really. <laughs> if You look at it that way. According to marketing, it depends. yes. depends. We'll,
3: we'll ask Ron about this because I I don't know. It just seems. Seems like he can't do anything anymore. Can't do anything anymore. Um, Speaking of energy, let's shoot it down to our uh, roving reporter, Ron Brokaw. No, uh, well, a a distant relation to Tom Brokaw, but Ron is our roving reporter, and we've asked him to hit the town. He's gone to Hoke County, North Carolina, and he's there to report on the latest um, when it comes to this great election day. Uh, Ron Brokaw, are you there? A misprint on the Hope
6: County ballots is causing some confusion to voters. Supporters of Donald Trump are having to choose between voting for another candidate or filling in the bubble next to the name Donald Trump. We'll see how this error will impact the election here in North Carolina
3: tonight. Reporting live from the Hope County Elections Building, I'm Ron Brokaw. Ah, thank you, Ron. Um, great. Great reporting today. He's been on those energy drinks, obviously, as he's made his way from Utah to Ohio to now North Carolina. All within an hour yeah, of each other. About three hour total. Yeah. He's moving, moving. Uh, that's too bad about the Donald Trump thing, because that's going to confuse people. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I
0: don't think those votes would go towards Donald Trump. Mm. That's
3: a mistake. Those are binding. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Speaking of binding... We're going to take a break, come back, and who better to help us to unbind than the great Dr. Ron Hager, our health evangelist. He's here to not just uh, take away death, but bring life back to all without even one energy drink. Stick with us. We're going to make you healthy one way or another. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. back, everybody. That song means it's time to bring on Pastor Ron Hager. <laughs> He's not a pastor, but you are a, a, a great healer and shepherd of many. <laughs> Dr. Ron Hager joins us. Ron is an associate professor of exercise sciences in the College of Life Sciences here at BYU. He's, uh, his expertise is chronic disease prevention. He is, he is the antidote to death. <laughs> Thanks thank you and good to have you here ron today you're going to walk us through um stress like there's i mean we're stressed we people are. are stressed out yeah that's for sure we are stressed why uh, what i mean Matt. is it more it seems like life should be getting easier you know i have some theories
2: about that okay you know it's it's not it seems like it should be getting easier yeah. doesn't it because we're you know we're so technologically advanced we have uh you know all the advantages of uh of technology and efficiency and productivity,
3: where we live um, in the United States, which is wealthier than many other countries, we yeah. we seem to have it all. We have running water, yeah, except in like Flint, Michigan, right, right. It's but, healthy,
2: but but we're but we are pretty stressed. Um, in fact, uh, about thirty-four percent of U.S. adults perceived that uh, you know stress affected their health uh, a lot or to some extent. So, in other words, they're they're connecting their stress to their health, and they're saying, you know, things like, "If I wasn't so stressed, I wouldn't be so sick," or, "The reason I'm sick is because I'm so stressed." Uh, and you know, it's a it's a serious problem. I think a lot of it has to do. I mean, one of my well, I guess it's one of my theories, but there's some evidence to prove this too. You know, well, I don't know if it's causational. You know, if you can say you can prove it, but um, even though we are. Uh, so advanced in so many ways we 're also very disconnected yeah um you know i I was just reading something yesterday uh, how many times during the day does the average American look at their smartphone you know to check it? you know did I get a text or or you know that they, they just look at they 're not they're not doing yeah. not how many times they do something with it. Just how many times a day do they look at it? No,
3: it's a great question. Let me check my phone. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm going to go with a day.
3: A day, thirty two.
2: A hundred and ninety. What? That's the average.
3: Oh, uh, that's pathetic.
2: I, I had no idea. Oh um, my heavens! So, so, so we're we're kind of disconnected, in my opinion, and and one of the things that. Uh, that is horrible. It causes stress is disconnection, and one of the things that relieves stress is connection. So i I wanted to talk just a little bit about this uh, today, and 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 talk about some things that you know maybe you can try or do, but also some of the research that i that I found fascinating. This is pretty recent stuff. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about you know in the last four or five years what uh, scientists and researchers are discovering about stress. But I'd like to share uh, first a, a quote uh, from a philosopher and psychologist named William James. Uh, he's passed away, 1910 is when he died. But listen to what he said. The greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. Mm. So I think what he's implying there is that sure, there are events, uh, there are environmental things going on in your life that can cause stress, but how you choose to perceive it could make all the difference in the world. Right, Right, right. So So your greatest weapon against stress is your ability to choose one thought over another. So it's kind of like whether you let it get to you or not. Now, some researchers uh, wanted to look into this a little further. uh, And, uh, you know, and and, and they acknowledge that, you know, it's been known for a long time that stress responses, you know, how we respond to stress are affected by both situational factors. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, it could be something related to school or work or... Uh, well, maybe the election, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something. You know, there's something situational, but also, stress responses are affected by perceptions of the events. Now, I've talked to people, for example, about this election, and some people, I mean, they are totally freaked out. <laughs> totally. You know, yeah. I mean, they they are on the verge of, you know, saying things like this country's going off a cliff. It doesn't matter who's elected; we're doomed. You know, and there are other people who are saying you know it doesn't really matter who's elected because the american people are so resilient and it's all going to work out in the end right exact same situation but totally different yeah. perception yeah yeah so so that makes a difference and in this study these researchers uh, actually an, an experimentally designed study uh, so it's a, you know it's it's a pretty strong study design um they 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 wanted to look at uh how the amount of stress and the perception of stress affects health. And basically, uh, they, they they put people into two groups. Uh, one group where they were kind of a control group. They mm-hmm. just responded to stress in the typical fashion. The other group, they were given training in how to adapt, you know, how to change their perception of the stress. And actually view stress as a good thing. Oh, yeah. Kind of a, a way to take courage, a way to become motivated, a way to... Feel like you're getting stronger or growing, hmm. and, um, and and they followed these um, you know these people for a period of time, uh, and those that reported a lot of stress, um, and that and that stress had that, that they believe it impacted their health in a negative way, forty three percent increased risk of premature death. Really, so, so people who said they experienced a lot of stress, and that they believed that the stress had a negative impact on their health 43% increased risk of death but that was only true uh for people who believed that the stress was harmful hmm. okay so the the, the other the, there are other people who experienced a lot of stress as well but they did not view it as harmful they had a different perception they were no more likely to die prematurely during the follow-up period than the people who had the lowest risk of dying and the lowest amount of stress
3: interesting yeah
2: yeah. Um, so, if you generalize those findings to the entire population, because you know this was just a subset of the population that was studied, mm-hmm. uh, there were eight years of follow-up uh, in this study. The researchers estimated that the excess deaths attributable to stress nationwide, or maybe not so much stress, but how you perceive the stress, mm-hmm. uh, one hundred eighty-two thousand seventy-nine deaths, or twenty thousand deaths a year. Uh, so that's how many. People they estimate are dying every year in the United States because of how they
3: perceive stress. It, and because it, there are some people that just eat stress up, and they yeah. they just convert it into something. They kind of thrive on it, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's just it's energy. It's just good energy. We talked about energy drinks. Some yeah. people like the stress to to create that impetus, that yeah.
2: movement. But you know what's also kind of fascinating? You know, and you you probably know quite a bit about this actually in in your work and in your profession in your area of expertise um but there's 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 a traditionally the idea has been to avoid stress mm-hmm. right and i think about how we've kind of adopted that into every facet of our life not just with stress but uh with with just you know outright efficiency mm. you know getting the most done with the least amount of effort kind of thing yeah and i i wonder if that isn't hurting us more than helping us, you know, because um, having resistance, I I mean, you know, I mean, it'd be like saying, I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights filled filled with helium. It's going to be so much easier. Right. You know, it's like, well, that defeats the purpose, right? I mean, in your life, you need challenges. You need something to push against in order to become more resilient and to become stronger. Yeah. And if you remove all of the or make attempts to remove all of the things in your life that cause resistance, what are you left with? You're left with a, a, a body, maybe physically, emotionally, mentally, that, that has become atrophied, just hmm. like you can't get stronger by lifting lighter weights. Right, right. You know, you have to lift the heavy things in yeah. life. So that's kind of another perspective,
3: and I guess. And anxiety, uh, people with anxiety, it shows that, they, when they tend to withdraw, they also just induce more anxiety next time because they they haven't upped their game. They haven't upped their ability to go deal with the stressful thing. They just yeah. have learned to avoid it. Yeah.
2: So, so maybe the idea here is not to help people avoid or eliminate stress as much as it is to help them think positively about the stress yeah. that they have in their life. Now, this prompted, you know, obviously, you know, one research you know uh, is is seed for other research and, uh, and, and it, in an unrelated study that was conducted a year later uh you know that it it, it it's been known for a long time that you know emotions thoughts mm-hmm. perceptions can affect health it's a very difficult area you know to study because it's hard to you know understand these things because you know what how do you know what a person's really thinking or what their perceptions really are um but there's this there was this study conducted uh published in the American Journal of Public Health in twenty thirteen. Uh they're, they're, they, they hypothesized the researchers hypothesized a link between social connections and health. So I mentioned how disconnected we are yeah. socially. I mean, I know, you know, lots of people have a thousand friends on Facebook or whatever, but that's still not really a social connection in the traditional sense. Uh so they looked at this link between social connections and health um and they hypothesized that the social support that people receive from their network of friends and loved ones that it may actually buffer against the detrimental physical consequences of psychosocial or mental stress. Hmm. Um, so uh, they they th- th- again, this was a, a long term study, um, but but this is this is pretty fascinating. When the researchers, you know, adjusted for all kinds of factors that. Uh, you know, could be linked to, uh, you know, stress and and health, uh, and and they wanted to look at, uh, you know, mortality. They were they were looking at death in these people over the long term. Individuals who provided help to others in the past year um, did not experience stress in the same way. They still had the same stressful events in their life. Yeah. Situationally, life was still tough. Yeah, but, but there was – uh, they... but, but, but it, it absolutely – people who helped others in the past year, uh, stress did not predict, predict mortality among those people. Hmm. Okay? But those who did not provide help to others, 30 percent more likely to die in the five-year follow-up period. Really? Yeah. So and yeah, so, so serving others. Be, because it puts things in perspective, yeah. right? I mean how many times have you ever – you know, been, you know, either outwardly or inwardly sort of complaining about the woes and the trials yeah. in your life. Right. But then you meet somebody or talk to somebody who who maybe has it even worse than you. And all of a sudden, your perspective
3: changes. Yeah, right? no, totally. Totally. Yeah. Great. And so, so giving is another way of giving, turning your arrows outward, serving others. Yeah. A great way to help your health. Let's take a break. Come back. Uh, the good Dr. Ron Hager will give us even more ideas for how to de-stress in this very stressful world. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you live longer, love stronger. We'll be right back. friends to the Matt Townsend Show, our health evangelist is here with us today, Dr. Ron Hager, and uh, he is a professor of life sciences at Brigham Young University and um, has an expertise in the area of chronic disease prevention. Today he's talking to us about how to de-stress, and stress is kind of normal in life. One of the tools he's already taught us is when we turn outward and serve others, that tends to actually become a healthy way to manage stress. In fact... Uh, reduces your risk
2: of premature death. Yeah, that a- helps a lot, according to the research. It's a, you know? a, nothing more
3: stressful than premature death.
2: Yeah, so it it is a big deal. That's huge. It, it's a really big deal. And what are other ways? And everybody experiences stress. Now, uh, the American Psychological Association—they they know something about stress. Um, they they offer five tips to help manage stress. One is to take a break from the stressor, you know, oh, whatever yeah. it is that's causing you stress. Now they now they make a point here to say that. That you're not, you know, you're just taking a break from it, and sometimes it helps, you know, to just step back, do something, even if it's just for 15 minutes, and then sort of come back and and take care of it. But the goal is not to avoid stress entirely, right? So I think that's a key, right? Because. You know, whatever it is that's causing your stress is probably not going to go away. It's something you have to deal with. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's paying the bills. I mean, you can't just say, well, that's it. I'm not paying the bills. I, I'm avoiding I'm this I'm out of here. Yeah, you got to take care of those things. Another one is exercise. And we've yeah. talked about this before right. multiple times uh, on the show. Uh, there's lots and lots of research to show that exercise doesn't just benefit your physical body, but it's also good uh, for your mind. And I actually conduct, you know, just a um, little... Uh, anecdotal surveys in all of my chronic disease classes when we talk about this, I say, how many of you exercise uh, regularly? And nearly everybody in the class raised their hand. You know, they're college students. And then I say, well, how many of you do it uh, primarily to help you manage stress? That's one of the main reasons for your exercise. And nearly as many hands go up. Really? Yeah. They actually see the benefit. Yeah. So it actually works. Now, another suggestion the American Psychological Association makes is to smile and laugh. They, They talk about how our brains are connected are interconnected with our emotions and even our facial expressions. I know? call it, so, I call
3: it Netflix therapy. Yeah, there you go. but it really is so. If I'm smiling, my brain will create the chemistry. Yeah, that makes me feel good. Yeah, and 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 you know, there's some there's some really cool research too with
2: a a, a neurohormone called oxytocin. Yeah, uh, it's it's got a nickname, the cuddle hormone, mm-hmm. because it's released. You know, like when you give somebody a hug or receive a hug from somebody. And and this oxytocin actually has a calming effect in the body, and it helps. It, it actually uh, makes you want to reach out to people, to be more compassionate, mm. you know, those kinds of things. Um, and, and and things that make you happy, like, uh, you know, giving or receiving a hug, smiling, laughing, uh, just kind of letting things go a little bit, uh, releases that oxytocin. Uh, get social support. So this kind of goes back to what these studies were talking about you know call a friend send an email uh you know when you share your concerns or feelings with others and and also receive the concerns and feelings mm. of others because you know sometimes you know it goes both ways uh that that uh, can do a lot to help relieve stress and as we learn from these studies also decrease your risk you know of death the last thing that they mention is to meditate and they they suggest that being very mindful and and prayerful and meditative uh, on a daily basis uh, you know, really really taking the time to think about uh, what your life is really all about, what the, are, what the things are that you value the most,
3: that tends to put the stress and the stressful things in perspective. Yeah. It right? it's almost seems like – and you started with it. It's a choice of thought. It kind of goes back to what you do with the data of the stress. Stress seems like it's a normal thing for all of us to experience. But then what we make it into – Yeah is is kind of going to determine if you heal or if you keel over. Right. And, and one
2: of the other things, Matt, that's important to, to remember is that you've got to figure out ways to uh, not make the stress chronic. Yeah. You know, sometimes people go to bed at night. They wake up in the morning, go to bed the next night, wake up the next morning. And this goes on for days, weeks, or sometimes even months where the same thing is stressing them. Uh, And that can be very problematic. But all these things that we've talked about today, the ideas from the American Psychological Association and the findings of this research indicate that these types of approaches can have acute effects on relieving your stress. So while it might only relieve it temporarily and then the stress comes back, if you do these kinds of things regularly, then you're always getting the stress in the right perspective. Or at least the stress is there, but your perception of it. Mm. Is in a different perspective.
3: And do, just do do one of them. You don't need that, to do all of them, no. but one of them could create a major intervention for you. Dr. Ron Hager, we appreciate you again. Uh, he's our health evangelist. He's He brings in the health, <laughs> and he's the antidote to death. You're not going to want to lose him. Uh, Ron, thanks again. Again, Associate Professor of Exercise Sciences in the College of Life Sciences at BYU. We'll take a break. Come back. Visit our good brethren at BYU Sports Nation. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends. It is Election Day, and... uh, Let's throw it down to two candidates, potentially. Um, there, there is underway at BYU Sports Nation on their Twitter feed. It looks like both are running for president. Spencer and Jerem. Hello, gentlemen. Yo,
10: what up? What up? day. Today's the day. Rock the vote.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Spencer. You're welcome. Spencer, I'm looking at a picture of you right now riding a shark mm-hmm. with uh, guns ablazing and a big belt buckle with a star on it.
8: I remember the occasion well.
3: What what exactly when did they take that?
8: It's my pet shark doby who was gifted to me by Ron Burgundy. <laughs>
3: okay. Doby. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And that is your running for president picture? That's that's just you in all your force.
8: Does that not scream America?
10: America.
3: America. It does scream a shark like Sharknado.
8: Well, that would be Jerem, because he's the snark NATO.
3: Ah, mister Snarke. Hey, Hey, uh, Jerem's picture is really interesting. Looks like George Washington mm-hmm. um, on a pile of rubble from Ooh. a blown-out something or other that he just destroyed.
10: It's a good look for Jerem, isn't it?
3: Carrying some machine gun and holding a bald eagle about to land on his arm. <laughs> so manly.
10: Yeah, we didn't have any choice in the Photoshop, but I'm happy about mine.
3: Yours looks really good, except, Jerem, your head looks huge in relation to your it's body. True,
10: it's true to, true to life.
3: How are you guys? Are you, have you voted? Are you ready You you know, you're ready to sit down tonight and watch your new president take over?
8: Still got to go out and wait my two hours in line. Oh, boy. Really? Jerem took care of his over
10: the weekend.
3: Yeah. boy, Jerem.
10: Yeah, yeah, it was a two-hour wait.
3: Always planning it was, ahead. It was
10: worth it. Yeah, they, luckily, there were a bunch of chairs on the path.
3: Yeah. So you so could, you could just, just sit. Sit down. It's kind of like going to get a physical, you know, just waiting for the physical. Coughing, yeah. Yep, minus the coughing, exactly. Yeah. Um,
8: (laughs) Just move past it. Just go. Yeah, I know, I am.
3: But my head just thought about it. Um, So (laughs) here's the deal: Uh, if you guys, if if uh, we're not going to talk about who you voting, who you're voting for, but is tonight going to be a blowout? You guys are great prognosticators. Who's going to win tonight? Seen her
10: going for two picks.
8: Yeah, I'm, I've gotten eight out of eighteen right, and Jerem's gotten yeah.
10: seven out of eighteen.
8: Yeah, so you, we're so. not
3: great. Well, you're actually so you're really good. You're actually like <laughs> the rest of the press. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the media. So yeah, I
10: don't, I don't know. Um, I'm actually going to go to Doctor Strange tonight. Okay, so which, you, which, when all is said and done, I actually love watching how things unfold tonight. It's yeah. pretty exciting, compelling television. So you're actually so like, going.
3: You, you said you're going to go to do, to Mr. Trump's campaign event. Is that what you said?
10: Something like that. Doctor Strange. Yes. Oh, okay. Benedict Patch.
3: So you're you're actually just moving on. Just you're gonna go just going to go watch TV or go watch it. a show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what What are you doing tonight, Spence?
10: I'm
8: fascinated by election day. I will have the networks. Going in my house, watching all the different prognosticators from the the four major networks uh, with their updates and the, whatever percent precincts reporting. I think it's I think it's fascinating. But I worked in the news yeah. for six years. You're a, news, at a news station. And so like that, it kind of seeped in on me and. What I I used to joke with all of the news people that I work with, like, hey, guess what? Election Day is like every day for us in sports because we've got results coming in last minute, and we've got to get highlights, and we've got to do everything under
10: the gun. Like, this is how we feel every stinking day. It's more like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like the NCAA tournament, like, oh, did you hear this? Upset, this team.
8: Trying to track down high school rosters and scores and,
10: oh. Ah. Yeah. I see. Okay. I wish I wasn't going to the movie tonight, though. I wish I could just sit at home and watch it. It was poor planning. It was like, oh, let's go Tuesday because it's like five bucks in Utah at every theater. And that there's, is, yeah, there's that nothing is. going on. So then I was like, oh, no, that's election night. Like, I love just sitting there and taking it in, like you said. Um, but, but I'm with multiple people, so I have to go now. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm stuck. Jaren's well, locked in. Maybe just pull out your phone, and you can just track it on the phone. Nah,
8: maybe not. <laughs> He's not going to ruin the movie for everybody
3: else. Hey, um, I like what you're doing on your f- Twitter feed with having all of these propositions.
10: Would you have some propositions? Yes.
3: And I voted now on every one of them. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't remember who Spuddy Buddy was.
8: Spuddy Buddy is the mascot of the state of Idaho. Ah. And I brought Spuddy Buddy back. In 2014, from my trip to Boise, took okay. a selfie with him when he was at the field oh, during good. the Boise-BYU game.
3: You guys are buddies.
10: He's and the famous Idaho Potatoes mascot. So there's this,
8: there is a, it's not, you know, it's one of those polarizing topics for BYU fans because some people associate him with Boise State. Other Idaho BYU fans just associate him with Idaho. And right. so right. There's, there's this battle of, well, does he belong on the desk or not?
3: Ah. You know what? I would keep him there if you put sour cream, chives, and some bacon bits. Fully loaded, Spuddy Buddy. (laughs) Does that sound disgusting or what? (laughs) Hey, um, okay, so tell me what's on your show today. we got to get you out. I know you got to go wax on, get ready. The three
8: propositions, which uh, we will get into in detail in just a few minutes. Also, your president and vice presidential nominees... For BYU sports, Ah. you choose from current Cougar or former Cougar personnel, whether it be coaches or athletes. Anyone you want.
3: Okay, that's a a good question.
8: Whoever you want.
3: Anyone. We'll tell you ours. It could be anyone.
8: Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Who should be the president and vice president of BYU sports? That's
3: big. That's big. So, so you'll have that. You'll have the three the propositions, the three yep. props. Yeah. Yep. Anything got else? Jen
8: Rockwood, head coach of BUA women's soccer. Mm. Her team just jumped up in the polls again to number three. They are 10th in the RPI, yet they received a four seed in the NCAA tournament. A lot of people think they were snubbed majorly, including yours truly. Yes. So we're going to talk to her about that and their road to what they hope is a memorable NCAA tournament run.
3: Cool. That's really cool. It's a loaded it. show. It's a loaded show. Yeah. Just like the potato.
8: Election day. Like, what? People have to count <laughs> votes. Body body. Like, early on in the day, the election coverage is not as uh, dramatic. No, not interesting. Not as interesting. And so we're here to bridge the gap until things really start to get interesting.
3: That's what's amazing about you two. Always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Always interesting.
8: That's one word for us.
3: You guys are like a potato bar with everything. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Bacon, bitch, fully loaded, Spuddy, buddy.
3: <laughs> all right, guys, have a good show. I know Get you're also getting ready for the big um, SUU game, so keep stretching out for that. You got it, brother. Okay, peace out. Bye. Happy election day. You know you can't celebrate an election day enough. But they're right there. Two examples: one person's going to sit home and just watch TV all night and be kind of caught up in the wave of electionitis. The other. Is going to go watch a movie. I'm going to a movie and a play. Okay, so you're totally avoiding it. Yes. Is it that bad for you?
0: No, and just like uh, Jerem, it was a complete
3: accident. Really? Yeah. You know but, what I'm doing tonight? Um, Potato bar? I am going to try, for the first time ever, um, an exercise program. <gasps> That's right. And I won't name... The name of it, Adkins, but well, I diet. will say, it it kind of it's. I won't give you the exact name, but it'll give you some insight. I'm doing the Z eighty seven Y program. Zumba. Z eighty seven Y. It's a lot like P ninety X, but it's less than that. I
0: thought that was just an ingredient in in an energy <sighs> drink. No.
5: It will So Zumba? No. Z- I want to see you Zumba. I want no. to see you slide and no. kind of have no. to do no. like a... Last no? time
3: I zumba let's just say I pulled something.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. I only use a Zumba to clean my carpet. I love me a good Zumba. What about
5: cleaning. yoga-themed Pilates? Never. What, you dress like an elf? I'm not sure. I'm just making things up. No. Yoga-themed Pilates. You're saying it's new. Yeah.
3: Anybody else... It's new to me. Oh,
0: Anybody else used to think that Pilates, it was, it was some kind of a drink? No. Like a coffee drink? No. I'll take a mocha latte, Pilates... Is it a high-impact training you're doing?
5: Yes. Really? So you're going to hurt your knees? Yes. My knees are very bad. Anyway. Is your wife leading you down this road?
3: Uh, no, but she. I did wake up with this video program right on my pillow. This is... Ooh, hints. Yeah.
0: This is the one where you hold weights above your head while people pelt you with various yeah, exactly. objects, right? Exactly. Okay.
5: It's all about the core. <laughs> Strengthen the core.
3: It's all about the core. I don't know what it's going to be. I have a feeling tonight it'll all be about the bathroom because I hear it makes you throw up. This one's... That sounds wonderful. Yeah. It's insane. It's, in, it's like so, insanity. So it's the election diet.
0: Yeah. That'll make it throw up.
3: So, because I'm thinking I could watch the election while I go through this and... Oh, you're going to lose it. Yeah, I pretty much will. Anyway, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. What's the worst thing that could happen? As you know, we always like to wrap up the show with a hero story. And uh, this is a great one. Dashcam Films, moment a hero policeman saves an unconscious driver. Here's how it goes. The driver was a mother who collapsed unconscious behind the wheel of a car with her baby in the back. The officer saw the runaway car weaving across all three lanes. In the video, the dash cam shows how the officer skillfully rammed the car off the motorway before driving in uh, front of it to stop it. I pulled alongside of it, and I saw the woman with her head completely back, staring at the roof of the car. She was out, was obviously unconscious, Officer Danny Patterson said. I gently pulled up alongside and began to push the car against the barrier, and then as it slowed, I pulled in front of her. After that, bringing the car to a full stop, um, both the woman was brought back to consciousness, and she and the child were without injuries. So from the UK, a heroic policeman, all caught on dash cam. How cool is that? Saving a life. Now remember, folks, as we do this uh, show, it's we make a lot of jokes, we talk about a lot of stuff, but in the end, today, it's your turn. It's your duty, it's your right, it's your privilege as an American to get out and vote. Sure, you'll have to wait in line, and uh, sure, you may not love everybody that's running. But in the end, it's still your vote. It's your say. You only get one of them. Remember that. Um, but uh, it's it's the one that makes you truly free. So get out, make it happen. We'll take uh, you know we'll take anything we can get as long as we do it legal and healthy, right? Let's make sure we protect each other and look out for each other. That's what makes you the hero today. Get that I voted sticker on your on your lapel. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more information to help you love longer and uh, stronger. We also want you to check us out on iTunes, on TuneIn, on Stitcher. Look us up on BYUradio.org. We're everywhere, and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow to help lift your world. Thanks for joining us. Until tomorrow, make it a great one and vote.